This week in PlayStation, we're talking about a new PlayStation Rewards program, The Last of Us Part 1 Going Gold, and let's play a Price is Right game with The Last of Us Part 1, God of War Ragnarok, and Curse to Golf. We'll have all this and more because this is PSI Love You XOXO. <laughs> Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Greg. That's Janet. That's our guest. Podcast Beyond is Jonathan Dornbush, but we'll get to that in a second. And of course, you can get this show on patreon.com slash games. There you can watch us record it live, get it ad-free, and get the weekly post show. If you have no bucks to toss our way to support us, it's easy. You can go to the Epic Game Store, Fortnite, or Rocket League, and use the creator code KINDAFUNNY. Of course, you can get PSI Love You XOXO for free with ads and without the post show on youtube.com slash games, roosterteeth.com, and podcast services around the globe thank you to our patreon producers fargo brady delaney twinning james hastings casey andrew gordon mcguire al tribesman the predator today we're brought to you by express vpn me undies and athletic greens but let's start with a psn message from you jonathan dornbush it does me well to see you how are you it it does me well as well it's good to see you both how, how are you both doing hanging in there you know jan yeah. how you doing we're, do- we're doing our best i'm doing good i bought the lego tall neck oh the big boy. it's so good i was like i gotta start stop just buying bad stuff and saving my money and i did add more to my savings and then i also spent the equivalent on this on this big boy so i'm doing pretty I appreciate, good yeah you i saw you do on your twitter you're doing your little your little uh, budget there and we, yeah for a trip in 2024 you put ten dollars into that and then here you are buying a lego tall neck yeah, I'm trying to go to Italy off ten dollars. It's gonna be kind of rough, oh, and I'm like, okay, time. I'm only. Um, and I even set it on the app to like, oh, in 2024, and it like calculates how much you need. Only two hundred ninety-five dollars shy of being on pace. So I got <laughs> what? What are we at? July fourteenth. Let's see how the show goes, and we'll see what we can do. <laughs> Jonathan, if people don't know you, who yes. are you? Where are you from? What do you do? Hello. Uh, well, I guess beyond. Uh, beyond. First and foremost, beyond. Beyond. Uh, I am over at IGN. I am our senior features editor. Uh, right now, a, a one-man games features editor team since Lucy O'Brien had to leave me. Uh, but I also... That rough working with you, huh? She just had to get out. She's yeah, like, I'm she out of the game entirely. It. Yeah, I wouldn't shut up about Kingdom Hearts. And so she was like, I finally had it. Um, but no, I uh, yeah, I run our, our games feature stuff over there. I also am our uh, PlayStation lead. So I host Podcast Beyond, of course, uh, and uh, do a bunch of all of our uh, PlayStation coverage over there. Yeah. What's your favorite game of all time? All time, uh, right now, uh, and I'm gonna sound like a shill, but right now it's it's God of War 2018. That's right, that's right. This guy knows. This guy knows Janet. Yeah, I know. I have like what Jack and Dexter. It's not even close to God of War. <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> it's a feeling, not a thought. It's fair. Favorite game. Fair enough. Fair enough. And then right now, what's game of the year for you? Uh, right now, I mean, it's it, like I feel like Elden Ring has to be the obvious answer. Sure. Um, even though I have. Do you think God of War or Last of Us Part One has a chance? I think God of War does. I think okay. there's too much volatility around Tlu, but uh, I think God of War, if any game this year has a chance, it's that one. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Well, diving into the PSN message from you, ladies and gentlemen, that was sent over on patreon.com slash kind of funny games. Marty. Primit says hearing. Nailed it. 
That we, I, you know, I want to think about it, Janet. I get there. I, I don't mean to screw up everybody's last name. I'm just bad at it. Bad at reading. Uh, hearing that we are not getting a new Infamous or Sly Cooper game sucks. I understand the business reason, but it still sucks. This got called out in another question, too. Where like, You guys never talked about this in the show. So much happened in PlayStation the past couple weeks. You never did. So if you missed it, ladies and gentlemen, we'll go to Polygon, where Anna Diaz writes, Sucker Punch has quashed rumors that the studio has been working on reboots for either the Infamous and... For either the infamous and Sly Cooper franchises on Friday. The studio, which is known for creating Ghost of Tsushima, said in a blog post that it currently has no plans to revisit either franchise. The company cited a need to devote its teams to larger and more complex projects that require the full attention of the studio. Quote, with our focus on our current project, we have no plans to revisit Infamous or Sly Cooper right now, and no other studio is currently working on projects related to those franchises either. The clarification comes after a sprinkling of rumors that either franchise could be making a comeback. In May and March, an outlet reported rumors uh, of a new Infamous game uh, following tweets from an industry insider account, NGT, uh, that claimed an announcement on a, of a new title would be coming this year. Andrew Goldfarb! Garfep himself, a communications manager at Sucker Punch, tweeted that he hoped that the clarification would put some misleading rumors to bed. Jonathan Dornbush from IGN's podcast, Beyond. Uh, does this suck? I mean, to quote Marty, yeah, it sucks. And to quote Brian Altano <laughs> on Beyond, it just sucks. I mean, I think it's good that they put that stuff to bed. I, I know how like hard messaging like that can be to actually get out there. Uh, but it seemed to be spiraling so far out of control. I get that they felt like they needed to just put... Uh, a stamp on it. I think for me, it's it's Sly Cooper. I kind of understand why Infamous is put to bed at the moment for them, but I think Sly Cooper, especially with like the revival of Ratchet and Clank and things like Astro's mm -hmm. Playroom being really popular, I think there is room for a Sly to exist. I think like for Janet, you know, Jack and Daxter in the PS2 era, Sly Cooper was that for me um, of, of those games. And so I would love a new one, but I also very much understand after the sheer massive success that was Ghost of Tsushima, they aren't focused on that. Expound for me, just quote Jared Petty, expound, why does infamous, no infamous make sense to you? Um, I think in terms of like where the video game market and the video game space is right now, especially with PlayStation having such a dominant control with Spider-Man, with Wolverine, I think there is such demand and attention around those games and trying to say, we also have our original superhero series on the side here for you to be interested in might just be a confusing messaging thing at the end of the day. I could see like how there's a top level sort of dis you know discussion of well we have superhero games why that are the biggest franchises we in have the superhero world. hero games at home. <laughs> exactly. Um and you know I think like I loved a lot of the work that they continue to do and iterate on with Infamous, but I, I, I think like where PlayStation is right now I can see why they're like, well we're gonna focus on the Marvel stuff that is the biggest franchise in the universe. Makes a lot of sense. Janet, you agree? Um, I like to quote Keegan Hill in the chat, who says, it sucks and is a punch to the gut. Very cute. You definitely had that in your back pocket for some time. Um, I I feel like it's, to speak to what Dorno mentioned, it's nice to have like the clarification out there. I feel like that being said, hope will never truly die for fans. Like They're like, what could they mean when they say no plans? <laughs> you know, I, I think there's definitely <laughs> nope. always going to be that Currently lingering request. Exactly. They're like, oh, what, what could this? Well, they could mean anything by this. Um, but yeah, I think to in terms of moving the studio forward, though, too, I think you can't do everything all at once. And I think I'd rather see them continue to like move forward in the current projects they have and the current ideas they have than try to necessarily resurrect something old. I yeah. think with the Ratchet and Clank comparison, it is more that Ratchet and Clank has managed to stand the test of time as a essentially a mascot platformer, despite being 
a mascot platformer, right? It's kind of the remaining one. It never really went away, even if, when it was quiet for a while. There's a kajillion entries into that. You know, it is yeah. why I've I've have a lot of history with that franchise and why I like left and can come back at any time. It's feeling like it's Pokemon length where you can just dip out and dip back in and come back in whenever. Um, but yeah, the idea of them doing that with Sly or or Infamous. I just don't think it would necessarily translate like that. I also think for Sly Cooper, you don't really see a mascot platformer go quiet and come back. I think especially just the genre isn't as popular as it was. Well, remember that happened already. We had Sly Cooper go dark and come back, right? We had, you know, it it go quiet after uh, Sly 3 and then come back with Thieves in Time, which was a well-received game and people enjoyed it, but it just must not have done gangbusters. It didn't. There's two with Crash 4. There's there's examples of things, but... Yeah, I this this makes sense, um, even though it is like a bummer for people that were fans. Um, I still need to go back and actually finish the old uh, Sly Cooper games because I started those back when we did our PS Now review and I sure. uh, hadn't finished it. Um, but I, I was having fun. It was a good time. Fun. Uh, still, yeah, enjoyable. Sure. Yeah. still enjoyable today, though. Hard. Um, probably hard then as well. It's very easy to die and not progress in that game, they're but at a good time. Yeah, yeah yes. they are unforgiving. That's great. I put it to Bush. Yeah, for me, that's the thing. Well, it's interesting because when this happened, when the infamous stuff broke, because that's you know the 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 lane I'm in when it comes to this. I enjoy Sly. I played Sly back in the day, but I was never a huge Sly fan. I was always a Jack and Daxter person. Uh, when this popped, like I did not at any point go, "Oh man, this sucks." That was never my interpretation of it. I was like, oh, man, cool on the messaging front from Sucker Punch to do this. We always say we want more clarity from game developers. And also, you know, clarity in terms of what you're working on and then clarity on what you're not working on makes sense, especially when I guess I I mean, you know, you throw a rock uh, on any given day on Twitter, you hit a video game rumor. But like I hadn't seen this picking up steam to the point that I thought they had to go in and address it and uh, say anything about it. Uh, I'm glad they did because clearly they're watching their channels. They're seeing their audience get, you know, uh, twisted up about it. They're seeing articles, I guess, get written up about it and where it's going to go. Infamous always came around, though, as just the remaster. That's all I want from Infamous. I don't need a new Infamous because you're right, Dornbush. I think you hit the nail on the head, right, where Infamous is such a glimpse at a different time like i remember obviously i reviewed infamous i I did a whole bunch of coverage for ign with infamous back in the day and i was so stoked and excited for it because we were not getting good superhero games this is still the land of licensed ip and just crap that was getting put out right and so the idea that there was going to be a first party uh owned and operated playstation uh superhero game sounded so cool and so exciting and yeah let's go and it was the idea that like it was them making their own cola because they couldn't have coke and now we're at a point where Coke and Dr. Pepper and every other soda you want under the sun is there on being made. I'm like, Marvel Games is doing a lot of great stuff. DC, bless their heart, tries sometimes. We will see what Gotham Knights sets out to be. We will see what Suicide Squad and Wonder Woman come out to be. But they're happening. And so as you get to not what I would say is a saturation point by any stretch of the imagination, we're not there yet. Like, I, you know, people keep saying there's going to be a saturation point for superheroes in cinema, right? We're not there for movies, but we are or video games. We are there in a way that like, does PlayStation look at infamous and be like, we need another crack at that. That need, there there's more juice in that orange when I don't think there is really. Cause I think I personally think that infamous one and two were so great. And then second son was fine. Like it, I, you know, I think first light was better than second son was. And it's yeah. this thing of at no point, especially the way they made that. And they did that journey. Do I sit there and have, Oh man, I wonder what fetch is doing now. I wonder what Delson Rowe is doing. And then, so then it's like, well, are you rebooting it? And then you're just telling Cole's story again, at which point then just, yeah, remaster the other games and put them out, which I still 
think will probably happen one day unless they really get their uh, shit together on backwards compatibility and everything that's going off PlayStation Plus and yada, yada, yada. But like, I'm not clamoring for that. I was way more interested in what they do with Ghost of Tsushima. I'm way more interested in what they do with the Ghost of Tsushima 2 and the, you know these rumors and job postings for a multiplayer aspect that you assume is also Legends, but maybe something different for the game. That gets me going. I'm glad to see Sony still not be afraid to let first parties do something different i think that was always such a cool thing we saw where you know you look at what the, these studios made on ps1 what they made on ps2 what they made on ps3 with them you know and the list goes on of you know as generations have gotten a bit messier there's been you know the bleed over but it's not that naughty dog is still making crash you know naughty dog is still making jack they're able to and they can stop uncharted maybe kind of we'll see what happens with that <laughs> that's where i come down on it so i didn't think it sucked but nice of them to say it and then Sly, y'all should have bought Thieves in Time more if you wanted it. And now, you know, y'all put your chips on Ratchet and Clank, and that's what you'll get every so often. Not all the time. I digress. Jonathan Dormush. Yes. Are you ready for topic of the show? Absolutely. Topic of the show today is going to be a game. All right. We're going to play what I'm calling the Price is Right PlayStation 5 edition. Uh, we're going to play a modified version of High Low. Janet, explain High Low to everybody. Of high low, yeah. Explain the Price is Right game, the high, high low. I know you're. Oh, oh, oh like oh, you mean like if you <laughs> go, if you go, to, oh, it's who's closest. There's a list of eleven games I'm gonna read off, ladies and gentlemen, and what all three of us. I was will set up do. for that. I was not prepped for whatever that was. Yeah, I was. I definitely threw you out into the wind just to see what you would do. Uh, I'm gonna read the list okay. of eleven games, then each one of us will pick five games. The idea here is that we are picking these games and ranking our five from best to worst on Metacritic. We are making a prediction. This is a time capsule episode. What is on the line, Doran Bush? You tell me. What are we I, betting? Ooh, anything? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, mean within reason. I'm not going to send you a PlayStation 5 or something. Our podcast. No, I was going to say. <laughs> podcast, <laughs> we're we're racing for pinks. If we win, <laughs> we get beyond. beyond. If you win, you get Yes, I love you. I mean, I guess have fun doing an extra show every week. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. What are you getting? I always do. Uh, um, a free tweet of your choice within reason from the other two people oh you can, okay you can have them tweet whatever you want within you know relative yeah yeah you're not gonna right, say yeah. Horrible. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah all right I, I i agree to these terms janet do you agree to these terms yes all right excellent so Wait, the idea like we, i said can we clarify though something yes all right we're posting up this tweet are there mm -hmm. rules about replying to it? Because I've seen I've seen these Twitter bets go down where then they Ooh. immediately reply like they made me say this or you know I don't really mean this, y'all. I feel like we should kind of yeah. Can we just not do that? Yeah. We, we, put like, a that we can agree to a hashtag we put in there so people will know that this is the, the and not to mention, I assume yeah. Doran Bush will come back to the show and it, you know, we'll all tell what the tweet is and people know it's spawning out of there or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But I agree. Yeah. yeah. There's no kind of like post the tweet and then go back on it like, oh, that was just a goof. Don't don't want that. You got to put okay. it out there as it is. And, and fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. So again, 11 games I'll read off that are still coming this year. Then each one of us picks five and ranks it from the best they, uh, Metacritic to the worst. Now, to be clear, your list doesn't have to be the best games. You're just trying to get your, your personal order correct. So that the idea is that at the end of the year, when all these games have been reviewed, we can look at it and go, oh, you know, your ranking was right for four out of five. So you get four out of five points or whatever. And it's just free game on the well, obviously it's free game because there's only eleven anyway. So split yeah, yeah, well, you can do you can like, double up and stuff. Of course, it's not this like is gym a podcast. class where it's like I called <laughs> up close the protocol. I thought about know? trying to do that, like breaking out fifteen and doing it that way, but I was like, where's the fun of that? And it's you might say, well, again. what if there's you know, a tie small. then? What if there's a tie? The idea there is that we will go through and you will be asked what you think the Metacritic will be for what you're picking there. 
so that you can then go okay cool and then if that you can get extra you can get bonus points that would only really apply if in in a tiebreaker situation for what was going on with your thing ignore me copying pasting different pieces does this make sense to you janet does this make sense to you dornbush yes barrett are you keeping up with what i'm putting down i try but you're just so fast greg I appreciate you. You'll pick it up. It's like Back to the Future. You'll pick it up as we go. Remember that when at the end he's like, you know, he just starts playing Chuck Berry. These guys wouldn't know how to keep up with it. Spoilers. Spoilers for the end of Back to the Future 1. Yes. Good Lord. I like to just say that whenever there's anything about anything, just periodically. It's a 37-year-old movie, Janet. (laughs) Was I wrong, though? I may be um, unreasonable, but I'm not wrong. (laughs) Your 11 games begin like this. The Last of Us Part 1. Of course. Number two, God of War Ragnarok. Number three, Saints Row. Number four, The Callisto Protocol. Number five, A Plague Tale Requiem. Number six, Cult of the Lamb. Number seven, Rumbleverse. Number eight, Curse to Golf. Number nine, Soul Hackers 2. Number 10, Marvel's Midnight Suns. And number 11, Gotham Knights. Chat, you're welcome to play along as well as we play this. Uh, this uh, the Price is Right PlayStation Five Edition. Remember. It gets tricky as you move down that list. Oh yeah, it does. But and remember, like, but here's the thing: is what I'm. <laughs> I'll go first to give you an idea of how my mind is working on this. All right. Okay. I look at this list, and I say, "Interesting. How do I want to do this? How do I want to play it?" I want to go to what I think will be the game with the worst Metacritic. I want to start with my number five, right? And that's where I start debating Saints Row versus Gotham Knights. And I get into this mix-up of where do I think it's going to net out where I think it's going to go? Who's going to actually have it? Wait, so the bottom is we're trying to think of... So all these 11 games, we're picking a few of the best and a few of the worst. You can... It's up to you. What's the middle going to be? You can... Exactly. You can totally skip the middle, right? You can do five, but like again, like then you're into a situation of... All right, is God of War Ragnarok going to do better than Last of Us? Is it going to do better than this? How do you? Oh, do- okay, wait. So now I think it's funny because you're like, do you understand? And I'm like, absolutely. And then it's like, <laughs> like any <laughs> shitty student, I'm like, hold on, I have a question. You're no, like, I love it. I love questions it. is over. I, you know, I'm grading mm-hmm. papers now. Is the way to win just to have them? Oh, they are in order. Like they went from high to low. Yep. That's it. It doesn't matter yep. how we get to that order. It's your, so and like, it's your personal instance, thing. You're not trying to pre- like nail the exor- uh, the okay. game for all 11 of them. So like, for example, like let's say God of War comes out, it gets a 99 on Metacritic, right? It's crazy. Yeah. The, the, the website broke or something. I don't know. Right. Yeah. It doesn't, I don't need to have that on my list though, to win this. Correct. Cause I just need to have a high to low personal okay. version at the end. Basically, right. at, where, when this is, when it's all said and done, what the, at the end of, God of War Ragnarok crosses the finish line last at November 13th, right? We can double back and we can go and put the Metacritics right. Huh? Callisto in December. Damn it, you're right. I did miss yeah. that. 12, December 2nd. So December, when we have nothing to talk about on this podcast, we'll <laughs> double back and we'll put the Metacritics next to it and you'll see that, yeah, it should go Metacritic descending order. Right? Yeah, yeah. Start, start at the top, go to the bottom. Okay. This is, this is actually very hard. Yeah. Yeah, so that's my whole thing is like for, to start with like, Saints Rover, Gotham Knights. And again, I said, show your work. This is the podcast. Don't just show, say, give me five games and walk away, Dornbush. All right. <laughs> I don't know how they do it anymore on podcast. Man. But like Gotham Knights obviously has not looked that impressive when we look at it. I don't think it looks terrible. I don't think it, like, it looks like it's going to be a train wreck or anything, but it, I don't think it's going to compete necessarily with these games on a Metacritic level. And then, of course, it has the legacy of Arkham to contend with and the fact that, yeah, it's still WB uh, Montreal, right? It's still not the uh, rock steady team. It's not starring Batman, even though, you know, he's going to pop up at some point in this goddamn game. Even they act like it, it, it's going to be graded on a, a curve that's going against it, essentially. Right. Yeah. And it's and definitely then, like... Sorry, 
I, w- I was just going to add to like what you were pointing out with Gotham Knights. I think too, um, generally I do like to think that like as critics, we as an industry do it, you know, our best to assess things based on what they are, you know, the game you get, not the game you want, et cetera. Sure. I do think Gotham Knights, though it has, it's just tainted enough that like w- people are ready to pull the trigger on it failing, yeah. which is not to say that, oh, that means all reviewers are like biased towards being negative towards this game. I just feel like the conversations have already been so negatively charged. It's not going to be that wild if it comes out and it's not blowing things out of the water in terms of score. And then Saints Row just seems, and I like, I don't know, dude. And like, it's, I think every time I talk shit about Saints Row, somebody comes at me, but it's just like, it looks, and I, I feel it's given low to mid seven, like it looks seven generic, fun times, right? But I don't like, think I it's going to blow people out of the water. And hit where I'm not watching Saints Row coverage with mm-hmm. like bated breath. Like I'm not on top of everything they put out. Like I was at one, I, what I think I said leading into summer game fest. I'm like, maybe this just gets delayed again. Like I, I made that as one of my dumb predictions. Right. But even just looking at like Baron has footage pulled up and it's like, cool. Like, I don't, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It just doesn't, it doesn't, I don't look at this and I go, man, I can't wait to play that. The last beat they did was hands-off coverage. I remember, I think Simon Carty did it for us and he came away like relatively positive on it, but yeah. I, I agree with you. I think there's like so much, um, exp- I, I mean, a different expectation around this one, but I think there are certain expectations for what Saints Row is, what it became, what was good or bad about that. Yeah. And also there, like when this game was first launched, right or wrong, you know, there was a very volatile reaction to it, at least that we saw um, in, in comments and everything. And, and I don't know how that colored the conversation going forward. I feel like Saints Row has been fighting against a, no, here's what the game actually is going to be. Um, it's one of those, I look at it and it's just like, I get like watched Ugg Legion vibes mm-hmm. where I'm like, yeah, it, lo- it, it looks totally cool, competent in that. Like right now we're dragging this safe and smashing up tent. Like, cool. Like, do I want to do that for 30, 40 hours or whatever? You know, and I don't even know. I'm talking on my ass how long they've said it is and stuff like that. But then it's got the Gotham. I, then I think I got them nice, Janet. I just remember that horrible fucking UI, Barrett. What are they thinking with that UI, Barrett? I really don't know. I think it hurts for me to say. It hurts for me to say, Greg. Because huh. I'm going to help you out. I'm going to help everybody out because I always play both sides in any sure. competition here. It's kind of funny. Appreciate it. Because I always win. Um, I think... At least from what I've seen of both of these games, I feel like Saints Row at least understands and knows more of what it wants to be rather Mm -hmm. than Gotham Mm -hmm. Knights. And I think that will help it above Gotham Knights when it comes to reviews. Like, again, Saints Row will probably not set the world on fire. Uh, Bless is really excited for it. Um, when the those re- most recent uh, previews came out and we saw more gameplay and just how silly uh, it was, like, I got more excited for it. I was like, yeah, I'm down to just kind of, like, do dumb shit in this world. Um, and I think that's going to help it with uh, with Gotham Knights. I think Gotham Knights will have some, some cool things in it, but I, I do think there's at least the more systems that they show off the more I'm like, all right, y'all had like a, a, a lot of ideas from like your last canceled thing or whatever the last thing you were working on and that you wanted to transfer over here without fully putting into thought of like, how is this going to all connect together in a really satisfying way? It's tough though, too, when you consider like the Metacritic of it all, right? Which is kind of what makes it fun. It's not about what we think of these right. games. Yeah. It's where what do we think it's going to land? And I look at something like you know, Marvel's Avengers, which that one's a wild card because it's like there's the scores when it came out and then there's the scores today, sure. which reflect, you know, compound everything. So definitely a big grain of salt there because I do not remember what it looked like when it came out. 
Um, but like at the Avengers? low end, it's like a 66. Yeah. It's Avengers like in the was 60s. like, it was uh, high sevens, low eights at launch. Yeah. But, but that's Without also like, player. that's interesting in that I think when you think of that game, you think negatively pretty much. Um, I think even you, Greg, who loves it, you know, there's that there. Oh, am I muted? No, no, I'm saying no. I, I, I was mouthing, <laughs> yeah. not me. Mouthing yeah, yeah, that's why I was like, and then I was like, can I not hear anything? I was like freaking out. Anyway, <laughs> this is how I, I shut down Avengers criticism now. I just act <laughs> like I can't hear it. Well, that <laughs> should actually be hilarious. Please don't do this to me on she purpose later. Going out because I feel anymore. like I have, you know, showed my hand of like, it takes not a lot to make me start panicking and just pushing <laughs> buttons. Um, but that game still sits, you know, between like that mid 60 to like low 70, depending on the day, depending on the platform. So it's like, I... I don't know that like like how bad are these not as good games going to be is where I struggle. And for me, I'm really trying to figure out what that middle point's going to be because I think yeah. I am going to land on is same five Gotham Knights, four Saints Row is what I'm leaning on, and then it's okay. like what do I think would be in the middle? And I'm like, how much are people gonna? Well, I think Cult of the Lamb's going to be good, but how much are people going to like it and review it? And would that be high enough? Then like something like saints row which i could see people really enjoying and oh, i think, I think it generally gets, like, and yeah. generally gets more coverage too than something like cult of the lamb for me yeah i'm i think i'm gonna put gotham knights at the bottom i reserve my right to still switch it up god of war at top i think god of war Damn. is the highest metacritic on <laughs> yeah. this list so far but right beneath that i would say at my number two i would yeah i'd slide in put cult of the lamb there mm. at number two i just think that like that that's previewing so well those kind of games do so well. Again, expectations of something small and indie. I, I, I see like Callisto Protocols on that list and it's calling my name and you know how much I'm excited for that game, how much I want that game. But I just feel like that has, that has more of a chance of getting picked apart. Not, not, and not picked apart in a bad way, but being like, oh, what about this and what about that? And I didn't like this and I didn't like the story beat here. The Cult of the Lamb where it's like, yeah. here's some really fun gameplay and here's you going off and having your cult and here's this really, it's, it's indie and it's small and it's colorful and it's great and like, you know, it's got this Souls-like thing, but it's also got this uh, rogue-like thing. Like, I feel like that you, you that is an easier and more forgiving genre sell. Pitch. It's so cute, well, too. It's so yeah, cute it's and dark. Adorable. I love it. The, the indie games are sort of a double-edged sword because on the one hand, you know they're going to just have fewer reviews. So mm -hmm. a, mm -hmm. a review or two on Metacritic could drastically change the score in a way that it's it like won't. It's a two out of games. ten. Exactly. If someone gives it that, it affects it really greatly. But on the other hand, those indies also aren't going to be reviewed as so many people, and the people who are reviewing it are prob probably purposefully going out of their way to review it because of interest, either for them or for their audience. You know, like that's a thing that we have to make that judgment call all the time: is are the smaller games going to hit for us? Are they worth the whole review cycle to be able to do? And so I think that gets cycled in as well. And like you said, Cult of the Lamb is one where there is a lot of hype. There is a lot of interest. I think a lot of praise after that demo and everything. So I do for sure. think that is one that could lean toward the top for sure. I think I'm going to leave. That one might be in my middle because I was close to protocol. I feel the same as you, Greg, where in terms of this competition of Metacritic, that's something that could come out and be a nine for sure. It could also come out and be like a seven five. I don't know. I mean, if I had to guess, I would skew it higher. Like it looks promising the people that are you know fans of that kind of game seem like this is this is gonna hit but that doesn't mean uh, yeah. it's going to hit you know um so i don't You've know i don't before. feel comfortable <laughs> yes i don't feel comfortable risking it on there i think the diciest thing i have on my list right now because i think i will maybe stick call to the lamb in that middle section is uh putting last of us part one at number two because i wonder oh. are people gonna be how are people gonna i'm gonna do it because i 
I think I'm just going to live that way. And also, I want all of this to be a little different. I think there will be natural crossover with the low and the high because God of War is an, an easy number one. Um, the Last of Us one, I don't know how people will review it, like how much it'll be, you know, on can Joe crawl, which sounds dumb in isolation. But I do wonder, like, how much is that going to be weighted? Like, how much are they going to care about? where it stands versus like the you know ps3 version how much is it going to be like that first time experience it's the great debate yeah. on how you even approach a review of a game like this if you um, janet if you'll allow me i'd like to dip into this week in playstation where i do yes. have a last of us rock block for you but i'll call out uh, this part while you talk all right uh vicky blake at Eurogamer writes last of us part one remake is not a cash grab says developer the developer who worked on naughty dog's upcoming ps5 remake of the last of us part one has hit back it claims it's just a cash grab in a tweet on his personal twitter account uh, robert morrison whose credits include resident evil 7 injustice 2 and santa monica studios 2018 god of war reboot countered such claims by insisting it is the most meticulously built and crafted project that's had the highest level of care and attention to detail possible. Animator Morrison, who worked on Last of Us Part 1 and now works at fellow Sony studio Ben, said, actually, it's the most meticulously built and crafted project that I've ever seen or been a part of in my entire career. Remember, he was part of God of War. Janet. All right. And Injustice. And Injustice. So yeah, I think it, I think there's going to be a little bit of a mix though still, but I think it'll come in at that like very low 90, and I'm hoping God of War will just be a little bit higher than that. <laughs> and that, that's, that was one of mine too, where I was like, all right, cool. I think for me, God of War and Tilu were the front runners. Dornbush, that does that track for you? Yeah, I think uh, God of War one was originally a 94 on Metacritic, or like stands mm -hmm. there currently. So that that's kind of where my barometer sits right now, as I'm kind of knowing that. Yeah, 94 um, right now. Yeah. Um, I T Lou is the weird one because I I totally agree with Jana. I do think like it it is such a and I think there are varied responses to how reviewers approach reviewing a remake. Um, you know, like conversations about the worth of seventy dollars, all of that stuff aside. I think like a reviewer going in to to criticize this as a remake, I think you get a lot of different reactions to that. And so I yeah. I almost might not touch that one on my list because yeah. I could see it going either way. I really could. Just I'm right there with you. That's why I'm not putting it on any of my list. And <laughs> Ryan Paula Higgins in the live chat, of course, on patreon.com slash kinda funny game says the original T Lou got a 95. It surely can't get a lower score. Yes, it can. Yeah. I would be up, shocked if it didn't get a lower score. I think it's guaranteed to get yes. a lower score than a yeah, 95. I will bring up a very real uh example here because I remember. Ladies and gentlemen, the PS I Love You floor now recognizes Barrett Court from the great state of hawaii thank you uh i the the biggest example i remember because it was my first week in uh at ign uh october 20 what was that dorn was 16 yeah. yeah uh lucy o'brien was reviewing batman return to arkham Bologna. arkham asylum and arkham city are two of the most praised superhero games that i think uh on their own let's see on metacritic i think are both in the 90s the return to arkham review score on metacritic right now on ps4 is at a 73 and on xbox Oof. a 77 and i think you know there's a lot more going into that of like they they weren't like remakes uh there was like some interest there was like some weird lighting stuff that like i remember people pointing out but just as a collection and as like a, a remaster people are like what was the point of this? And I do wonder if people are going to kind of have that same head-scratching moment while reviewing The Last of Us Part 1 of like, all right, it's prettier. Why? What was the point? You know? 
So I, I think yet for to me, be determined, I would say. Like I I have no doubt that they put the work in. Like I want to see it, what that gameplay, you know, overhaul actually looks like, what those things are. And if that's that's great, I think it will be awesome. But I do think like we're looking at the original Last of Us, it was such a revelation for people. It was the hallmark of storytelling for gaming. Um, you know, it was praised on to such a level that I think no matter how good the work of the remake is, at the end of the day, from a critic's point of view, it's going to be looked at as a remake. And so I don't think it will ever be looked at the same i mean you can see like sony does remakes all the time demon souls has been received well shadow of the colossus was received well like they do them and i do think this will be a very good remake but i do think a remake is still judged at a different barometer and i 100 you can't have that uh initial splash right you yeah. don't get that it's like you can't have you can't, it's the same thing as always right you can't make you can't have a second first impression like this is still the last of us i think too again like we heard why we were talking about metacritic a few episodes ago but i mentioned that like also times change and the industry changes there are way more people reviewing Last of Us Remake than mm. reviewed Last of Us when it came out. There's a way more diverse set of critics, and with that comes different perspectives on the story they're telling and how they go about telling it. Um, yeah, there's like a million reasons why I don't think it's going to... I would be shocked if it came out above the 95, especially, too, when I always point to the, the Last of Us 1 versus 2 comparison, which, granted, I know some people don't like the story of Last of Us 2, but to me, I think that game is so clearly better than one and it scored lower on Metacritic. I, I don't think that means that collectively all critics, we've kind of agreed that that's a worse game. It's just, that's how numbers shake out. Um, and they tend to skew lower, I think, in the modern era than they did looking at some of these older um, Metacritic uh, review roundups. So then real quick, just to close the thing on this, Will Last of Us Part 1 hit the original 95 on Metacritic? I say no. Janet, oh, no. it's going to be lower for sure. Dorna says no, and then Ryan Poala Higgins says yes. <laughs> uh, someone in chat also said, oh, what is it? The Lou, if Joel goes under the car, is 10 out of 10. <laughs> but I mean, like, again, that's yeah, exactly what I think. What, crawl. I don't know. That, that's what Barrett's talking about, and that's what we're talking about, right? Of like, if you pick this up and it's just a prettier version, but it's still all the same, the, you're moving the pallets around, and like, it's like these really, not lame, but like definitely dated puzzles and stuff, it's going to be like, oh, well. Okay. Yeah, you don't really get credit twice in the same way. And that's kind of my beef with um, for Game of the Year stuff specifically. I don't really like talking about remakes for Game of the Year because I'm like, look, you made some great design choices sure. 10 years ago. And, and we awarded you 10 years ago. And like, shout out to you making, you know, your other stuff. But unless it's doing something that's starkly different. Like Final Fantasy um, VII. Like, like yeah. Final Fantasy VII remake, even though I, I'm not a... Actually, I wouldn't put that game of the year for other reasons anyway. But yeah, Final well, Fantasy VII, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on the, the, that personally as well. But because Remake was so different from the original, I think yeah. you, you, it deserves yeah. to be a, on that conversation. Or even RE2, where it's like, there's a there's a conversation to be had about that being a different enough game in that like it's hitting the same beats, but it's doing it in a way that's different. And Or to try to translate it to a modern era, like there's a new interpretation of that base material. Um, while this as much work as I'm sure they put into it and as much fun as I'm sure I'll have doing my replay there, hopefully, you know, hopefully better trophies, things like that. It's still not going to be like you're giving me a whole new idea or game or even maybe iterating as much on this version. So, yeah. Dornbush, where is your list sitting at then right now? Uh, we got very off in this range. <laughs> it's very, it's in a very difficult state. Uh, I have God of War at the top. I'm debating on a couple in the middle. I think I'm leaning toward games I think are going to do well and trying to shift in what I think will will do better than others. Um, right now, I have a Plague Tale at two. I might move it down to three. I, the thing about that game, for me, I'm, it, we'll see either way, but I do think the original 
since it came out has only benefited from time. I think the conversation mm-hmm. around that game has gotten so positive and that, and that brings a lot of expectations to Requiem. Mm-hmm. But I do think there is a hope that what they're doing there is sort of a, a big leap. And it seems like they are really making this a much larger game than the first one. And so if it's able to accomplish all of that, I do think it will be received pretty well. Um, granted, I don't know if it will be at second. I might move it down to third, but I do think this is one that's going to be received pretty well. And I feel pretty confident putting it toward the top half of my list. Yeah, we keep talking about a Plague's Tale on this show. I I tried to get into Innocence a few times. It didn't work. I finally, when when we watched this trailer and, and all this footage and the gameplay of it, it was this thing of like, I can't wait to play this, so I really need to go back. And during uh, Backlog Week a couple weeks ago, right before a bunch of reviews came, I, I played through up till I think I'm in Chapter 4 now or whatever, and I'm enjoying it uh i i've gotten uh, you know enough that, that i'm interested in the story i will get back to it but i'm not oh i gotta play more of it i can't wait to do I, you know i'm not like uh, uh, insatiable about it uh, there's a bunch of other stuff that are reviews right now and then other stuff that obviously i'm just playing for fun and it's i haven't gotten back to it i want to but like even right there i look at that i'm like that looks so much better than what i'm playing right now yes i want to go play that yeah, their ambitions, I think, exceeded their budgetary realization sure. or realistic expectations for the first one. But it seems like they at the least have gotten more money to do this, more more chance to kind of scope to what they want it to be. Um, it could it could be a, a misfire, like going to that expansive place might make it less fun for the people who love that first one. But at, at least like you, I very much have seen every trailer I see of it. I'm like, OK, it feels like they're really kind of nailing the promise of the first game here a, a bit more. So I'm I'm hopeful about that one. Okay, um, okay. Callisto Protocol I kind of want to put on, but I don't know where. I'm very much with you of like, I can't wait for that game. But, and it comes from the people who made Dead Space 1 and Dead Space is phenomenal. But can they recapture that in 2022? It um, looks like they can, right? How well, many of those people bit... are there? Because <laughs> well, it's always got... like, oh, from the maker. And yeah, but you got you know. Glenn, you got Steve. I'm not sure what the whole makeup of the actual team team is. You know, sure. when you get out, outside at lead positions, but they are there. The people who, you know, I think made some made the what Dead Space special. What the people who made some of the people who made Dead Space special <laughs> are there. It's not just the one person, the figurehead. Yes. I think there is yeah. enough backbone there. But there's just so much like stress whenever it's like sure. from the creators of and it's oh, like yeah. oh sure. i don't I well, and that's the thing again you talk about expectations we're talking about a brand new studio yes. in striking distance yeah. that has never made anything together now having to go make something that has these expectations of what visceral studios was and it's so clearly a you remember dead space this is dead space but a different thing like and, and so yeah right like it, it, to the ui on the back let alone the kills and the stomping like yeah it's going to be judged very much clearly to it i still think that works in its favor because i think reviewers are going to be like oh it's a new team and it's a smaller thing and it is the, the people who made it and then i think the dead space remake is going to be judged harsher yes. yeah i think I it's also it's hitting a really specific lane which is going to draw like reviewers that not, not again not that there's not re, not that reviewers are not always like experts or have the expertise to do the review because no one would accept a review being like i don't actually know what i'm talking about for this genre but it's a lot more of like a, a specific <laughs> for the record in the old days we used to when greg miller was reviewing valhalla nights on psp like i don't know why i gotta sign this guys i'm trying <laughs> you know with some there's always allowances to everything. everything has a grain of salt right but like it because it's you know, a scarier game and it's like has a certain atmosphere and things like people are going to be, I think, real experts in that lane yeah. and be able to like speak to it, which you can argue is both a strength and a weakness to like how it'll perform on Metacritic, because those are also the people that might, you know, 
pick up on Forgive. nuances that I would miss as like a more casual player to this field. But I think I always feel that way with the the, the horror games I like to play. Yes. Where it's like, all right, cool. Not a lot of people are going to go play Martha is Dead, which means that we're already here because we like goofy ass horror games. So what is that going to mean for the review? Yeah. And like, what, where do you think that how might that skew positively or negatively, in your opinion, Greg? Do you think that's because it's specific that'll make it? I think for Callisto, it would, it, I think for Callisto, it would play to their favor. Of I so loved Dead Space. EA killed Dead Space. EA, the P, you know, Glenn left the team after Dead Space One because they wanted, and De Steve left, and then the, the Dead Space Three wasn't what people wanted to be. And it's been years since we had a Dead Space, and now it's here. And is it Dead Space? Dead Space? I'm, I'm talking on my butt. I don't know, but even if you, it, no, but it's close, and I enjoyed it, and I liked, the, you know what I mean? Like I feel like there could be that undercurrent to the reviews as it goes. For sure. I want to, I, what game we haven't tossed in yet that I want to toss in that I am personally excited for, but I think has its work cut out for it. That I'm going to put above Gotham Knights at number four on my list Rumbleverse. Oh, Rumbleverse is that battle royale professional wrestling game that I'm like, yes, 1000%. Let's go. But it's an online game. It is a, you know, it's a, it's going to launch, uh, uh, what is it, July? No, August. They just, this is the trailer at the end. I think, I think it's August 11th, right? August 11th. Uh, yeah. And it, looks fun but it also looks like hey you're playing knockout city again but you're not punching you know or you're not throwing balls you're punching and like that appeals to me i'm stoked to play i have not had a chance to do any of the betas but like we just saw golden boy we see sancho west right there like our friends are playing it and enjoying it but i still think it's going to be off-putting in the beginning to people you know it's going to draw people in like me that want wrestling is going to draw people in that like you know like that kind of stuff or enjoy knockout city but i still think when you review that that's going to be one of like all right cool but we're having fun with the core mechanics the modes we want aren't available yet or not i'm talking on my butt about that too i don't know if that's actually been said but you understand like how a game like this launches a game as a service launches i think that could be interesting I think that one's so slippery because I could see yeah. it really going either way where knockout city, like for as much praise as that game gets, it's at an 80, which is not a bad score by any means, but again, mm. it's about the game, right? <laughs> um, like that can, you know, you could see that being, maybe that's an 83 for Rumbleverse. Maybe Rumbleverse is like a 76. It's such a, that one I feel like has so much risk involved that yeah. I, I wouldn't want to touch it unless I had like more space for it to swing in one direction yeah. or other. Like, Honestly, I'm my, not my, confident I could guess that number. My that only concern with it is Gotham Knights, which is my yeah. number five game, where I could see Rumbleverse going below that. I could see, you know what I mean? I could see Rumbleverse getting, again, I could, I'm with you. It could be a hit. It could do a whole bunch of different things. I could see it reviewing really well, but I could also see it reviewing low sevens. Just, I have you know only I mean? heard positive, though, from it, like yeah, of the yeah, people that seem too. to be playing it. Um, unlike, you know, again, no offense, just dragging out other random online games, but like roller champions never really had a lot of positivity around sure. it. Again, There's I don't, no I don't actually it. know. I don't know what that Metacritic's sitting at. I guess I should, should look at that and for some comparison points, but I've seen these conversations swing both ways. And for what it's worth, I do think Rumbleverse so far is swinging in the positive. Doesn't mean it'll be my kind of game or that I'll play it, but I think that speaks to there seems to be an audience there that likes this, that's enjoying it. That seems to feel like this fits you know, it does something unique to the space where yeah. I think there is a lot of replication in this kind of thing. It's a crowded market, and this seems fresh enough that people are are digging into it and excited to play it. Ryan Poala Higgins, of course, wanted to be the fly in the ointment in the live chat. Uh, Rumbleverse will be dead by December, Ryan predicts. Wow. And that's true. That could easily be true, but I'm talking about how it's going to review and what it's going to yeah. look there's like. There's also, along. like, there's dead by our perception, and then there's dead, like, by actual numbers. And that's, like, no shade to, like, Ryan in the chat, but, like, 
for me, there's games that I feel like I don't end up hearing about, but the player base is like huge and they're doing just fine. They're still making so, content for Knockout City, and we haven't. Yeah, played exactly. That Knockout City is a good example of that. It's just not my genre, so I like I don't play that anymore. You know, I only played Fall Guys a few times. That thing's massively successful. Like, you know what I mean? Like, sure. I think there's the big conversation, and then there's the reality of what it's like from the business standpoint that we don't always perceive on a, you, you know, when we're just scrolling Twitter. Janet, you did put Fortnite on the map, though. Don't don't forget. Yeah, I did. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Use Epic Creator Code Game Honesis. Friendship are kind of funny over. Yeah, um, but <laughs> uh, Roller, Roller Champions, yeah, for, yeah, you know, you know what it is. Roller Champions is at a 61 to 69. And we said Knockout City was an 80. Is that what you said? Yeah. And I think, I feel like Rumbleverse is going to, is going to do well. I I would be my guess. I just don't know how well or how low. The reception around Rumbleverse has been much more positive. Mitchell Saltzman liked it. And I trust Mitchell Saltzman. Oh my God. Mitchell Uh, Saltzman liked it. That's a big deal. Like the Mitchell Saltzman. The Mitchell Saltzman. Look, Mitchell know, like in, well, Mitchell knows a lot of shit, but like, when Mitchell like steps up with these like niche games, I'm like, what does Mitchell have to like? Mitchell is definitely one of those critics where I feel like he knows he has such a specific and in depth kind of knowledge that I really do, do just trust his criticism for what he has to say when he puts something out there. So that's why I was like, oh, okay, like that's interesting. Okay, okay. Janet, have we gone through your entire list? I'm looking at it. I think so. I feel like I you think I'm hard. Yeah, I did hem and haw. I tend to do that here and everywhere uh, in my day to day. I have my list. Anywhere this you can find her list. making content, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. She's, well, she's on. I'm actually just like this also outside of content, which is highly annoying for everyone in my apartment. But I got the list. I don't know when we want to run through front to back or whatever, but this is I have my list ready to go. Go for it. I still need to pick a, a third. I have to fi- okay. pick dead center. But yeah, what's where are you at right I- now? I'm, are we going high to low or low to high? high Let's to low, go high right? to low. And okay. if your list is locked, this is where you need to lock in your Metacritics at the end of every uh, so that, for the extra point slash tiebreakers. Oh, I know man. Okay, you weren't ready okay. for that, but now you should. Be. You know what? It's fine. We will work through it. God of War <laughs> Ragnarok is my one, and I'm gonna put that. What's God of War 2018 at? 94, right? 94. Oh man, this is painful. I'm gonna I'm gonna say. Oh, I'm going to do 92 and 93. I'm going to say 93. No, I'm going to say 92. I'm, I'm oh, damn it. I don't know. I'm going to put 92. We're putting 92. Well, Last of Us Part 1. Ah, oh, man. I'm going to. Sorry, I muted myself, but I have my thing hotkey to. I was thinking real hard. You know, it's tough, yeah. Yeah, it's a dramatic suspense. 91 for Last of Us Part 1. Cult okay. of the Lamb, I'm going to put that at an 86 okay okay saints row is my next one i'm gonna put that at a 76 and gotham knights i'm gonna put at a 72 okay so god of war ragnarok is your number one it sounds Last of Us real right <laughs> all of this you can see it in the you know as we shake our crystal ball and look into it cult of the lamb saints row and gotham knights okay okay Oh, look, you had one. You had one ready to go. Yeah, it's not Crystal. It's the little lazy egg guy, but he's <laughs> a magic egg guy. Yeah, the Gudetama. It's a little character. What's a Gudetama? Like, that's what? this guy. Huh. Okay. Yeah, the little know. egg yolk man, where he does like... Yeah, a, a, he's got a, a butt. Door. Yeah, he's got a butt. He does like little butt. sexy yeah. poses. You know, I don't oh. think they really did his butt justice in this one. So, you know, there's no butt here. But normally you okay. see the little booty Greg, there's a bookstore the in Japan town that you need to go into. And I, know, have a bunch of I, I know the bookstore. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll have a bunch in the of mall? those little... Have you really never yeah. seen this guy before? I'm not familiar with this man, no. This is interesting. Sorry. 
All right. Anyway, what's paying? I don't think it's a big deal. Yeah. Uh, Dora Bush, what's your list? Uh, highest to lowest. What are your Metacritic's? Uh, yeah. So I, I shook out the rest of it. Uh, yeah. Sticking with God of War Ragnarok at number one. Also, I, I wrote down 92 before it was said on the show. So I'm still keeping it 92. I also didn't look at your thing. I saw I you typing. It. I didn't look, yeah. though. I, didn't I, look. I, I respect. I believe. We um, love people copying each other here. Don't worry about it. You're fine. <laughs> uh, then I did T Lu part one at 91. Cold of the Lamb. And no, I'm just reading Janet's list. Uh, <laughs> I did a Plague Tale Requiem next. I'm saying 86. Uh, then I'm going the Callisto Protocol. I'm being hopeful, but I said 84. I think it will be in the low 80s. Okay. But, uh, I'm putting 84, being optimistic. Uh, for the last two on my list, Total Shots in the Dark, also partially because they have not been discussed on the show yet, so I felt like I wanted to include them. Uh, Soul Hackers 2, putting it 81. 81, okay. I think the previews were pretty positive on that one. I do think yeah. it's one that it's going to be people who know the genre, know that type of game, are interested in it, are going to be reviewing it, and if it holds up all the way through, it will be pretty well received, I would assume, around an 8. Uh, I can see a drop below, but I, I think that one's kind of going to be on the line there. Um, I hope so, yeah. I, when we played game. this at uh, Summer Game Fest, I liked what I saw, I enjoyed it, but then it was like, I had that feeling, personal feeling, I should go back to Persona 5, I guess, if I'm going to even think about it. If I'm thinking about playing this thing, and then of course, like what? Yeah. A week later, they're like, "Guess what? Persona Five Steam Deck." I was like, "All right, let's go." Yeah. Uh, and then number five, I put uh, Midnight Suns because we haven't addressed it. Ah, uh, yes, we have not addressed Midnight Suns. I, I really don't know how this one's going to shake out. I put it at a seventy-five for now. I think Firaxis is generally pretty well received, and I think if they're probably making a game, they have a lot of trust. Like they are a really well respected and beloved developer. But I know that card system has been very controversial to people, and I do think even if it's amazing, I think it's not going to work for some people. For sure. Um, and and so I think that could lead to some division in the review scores. I like I'm really excited for it. Actually, I've learned recently that I like strategy games. I a Marvel strategy game seems very exciting to me, but I do think it's not going to hit for everyone. One hundred percent. So I think this one is going to be somewhere in the sevens. If it does better, I would love to see it. But I think like seeing it somewhere in the sevens overall, and and I think probably below the other games. But I still hope like it's one I hope is good and I hope is better than that. Uh, and and I trust that developer. But I could just see the the discussion around it kind of leading to some some people not really clicking with that system at the end of the day yeah i'm looking forward to it as well uh you know uh, when we went through and looked at it like it's it it's oh what's the name of the one i'm thinking of the what was the really bad x-men one from silicon knights oh destiny x-men De x-men's destiny yeah it like kind of gives it doesn't give those vibes when you're like oh it's a new character in the marvel universe and you get to play as that make your decisions around it da, 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 like that can that can cut both ways and for me it yeah. i'm hoping it's the positive side i like that idea i like the you know going through and building a team and doing that thing and like yeah i'd prefer it if it was just you know third person action i get to go through and, and play in real time or whatever but the card stuff looks cool like it looks neat and i'm usually I, i'm usually for me to get into a new genre or a genre that usually doesn't appeal to me it needs to be an ip i care about and this is an ip i care about so i'm, I'm pretty stoked when i see you know like we saw in that clip right there even you know wolverine knocking the barrels into people cap using the shield like Okay, and if I, you know, I, I'm not even doing a bit. If I really want the third person stuff, go play Avengers. Go turn that on and go grind that out. Or Marvel Ultimate Alliance. You know, me, me and Barrett need to get back to our Fantastic Four playthrough. But like, you that those games exist. I can go play those, and this is something new to try. And I'm hopeful for it too. But yeah. I, I don't have a read on it. That's why I'm keeping it off my list. Where it's like I feel like That's it could cool. go either way. Yeah. yeah. For me, the list uh, top of it, God of War Ragnarok. I'm putting a 91 on. Uh, Cult of the Lamb at number two with an 88. Then I'm doing number three when we haven't talked about Curse to Golf. This little little indie, little indie people like I put an 80 on it. We played it on a stream and I liked what I played, 
But like it was one of those where I feel like is that going to you know last the entire way? Is that going to be an enjoyable experience throughout? Is it just enough there? And then also, yeah, that's a game I think that's going to bring in people who are down for this kind of experience, who aren't down for this, who want a different kind of golf experience than what you're getting here because this is not traditional golf in any way, sense or shape, <laughs> or shape or form. Like it'll be interesting to see what that did, and I think it's a good mid thing. I, I think if anything, I'm I, I would expect to be wrong on this one about the Metacritic score. I think I might be under uh, doing. I can see an 83 or something as well, maybe an 85. But I think I'm right on the placement in terms of my games. I think the play, I think that's going to end up being number three. But I don't know if I got the Metacritic right. But hopefully, I won't need it. Uh, and then number four, I put Rumbleverse with a 71. And then at five, I put Gotham Knights with a 70. Ooh, those are so close. I know. Oh, yeah. I said, I, when I wrote it out, Janet, I wrote it out, and it's like, we'll look when we come back in December, we'll see if it bites me in the ass. But I, I wrote it out. And I'm like. Maybe I should put Gotham Knights up at four and Rumbleverse down at five. If question for all of both of you, um, yeah. if you fail, what do you think is going to be the thing that messes you up? If you had to pick one thing to go wrong, where is it? Where's the oh. biggest flaw in the game that you got right now? For me, it's definitely the. Um, I think I'm going to lean on the Tilo God of War thing because there is a world where those could flip. I don't think they would, but I don't. I don't really know, and I have them actually only one point apart. So well, it's I definitely mean- like that end of the year list, Greg. To your point, God of War, I think, is a really interesting one because I, you know, like I have no doubt in that studio. I have total faith in them, but it does come with the biggest expectations. Yep. Like, my God, it has such a uh, assumption your God of how of good War? it's going to be. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. We'll see. But um, yeah, I, I, I totally get where you're coming from there. Yeah. For me, I think that's. Hold on. I'm having a day over here. I'm asking if my wife wants special coffee. Um. Uh-huh because i'm dying for caffeine god of war is so god like what a terrible situation for it to be in (laughs) the expectations are so high we all universally are like it's gonna be number one and it's gonna get 90s and you know when we were doing we did the god of war faq last week and we were talking through stuff and you know well what if it's this and what if you know it's your old loki and you come back in time well and it's like or what's the flip side what if this is incredibly straightforward? What if this is just Kratos and Atreus continuing their journey, doing this thing, they fight, and it's like, what if it's not bad, it's just more, it's just, it is just another very straight, it's a straightforward, it's like, what if they don't land the ending? What if it's it becomes very clear, you know how they, they it, originally people thought it was going to be a trilogy, they do the two games, and like, we don't want to work on it for 15 years. What if it is like, man, they should have let some of this stuff breathe. What but It's like, God of War, I could see be the one that like, yeah, does throw all of our lists off, and it comes in at an 85 on a Metacritic, right? And, and it's just like, oh, I don't no. think it's going to come in at an 85. I'm I just saying, it, man, it could happen. It could crumple under the be, pressure. Mike, my guess is the lowest it would go it would be like a 90. Um, I struggle to imagine the world where no shade, um, but like, because you have like Cult of the Lamb at 88, Greg, like the idea of Cult of the Lamb scoring higher than God of War. Not that, you know, Apples and Oranges games and like you score yeah, them separately. They're different games, different reviewers, different whole thing. But yeah, but I do think that because it, it can be in those low 90s to, I guess, work crazy scenario, high 80. I don't know who's, who's what people are going to say about TLO 2 Bar 1. I mean, that game is already kind of a known quantity in the, the content but not in the presentation in this skew so i don't i don't know what people yeah. are doing with that and, and i think that'll be more under a microscope because it's directly the same exact game whereas like with god of war whatever it does differently there is a little bit more of that expectation of like things will be different here and and, and stuff like that I, yeah it's a it's a weird situation but i don't think there's any chance that god of war gets 
is under The Last of Us at the end of the year. We, Agreed. I, just... I think with God of War, the the big question will be just yeah, how different it is, and and what do people feel about those differences? Because it's like they're keeping it secret for a reason. They could be showing us a bunch of things. They're not yeah. going to. That's we'll my hope. Look, but I, I like... see, but I see that's the thing where it's like. It's what always happens with these kind of things because all we do is talk nonstop about this. And I don't even mean us in terms of personalities. I mean us as gamers. Yeah. Where it's just like the fact that they're playing it so close to their chest and haven't shown so much makes me go, oh man, what is gonna is there gonna be a big Metal Gear Solid 2 moment? Like and it's like, what if no, there is not? That does not happen. And it's just like, oh cool, this is this is fun, but it was uh, you know what I mean? Like it's like you get in that weird spot of what you're expecting versus what you want what it turned out to be. I mean, getting Thor's hammer is going to be cool because that is almost certainly happening, I think. So, but what if it doesn't feel as good as it does in Marvel's Avengers? That's the big question. <laughs> That's true. That's it's the thing. Question. That's what keeps me up at night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. It's cursed questions. Oh, man. What a year we still have for games. You feel like it's almost over, but you we're really getting into the, the thick of it in a second here. Ladies and gentlemen. You're in the thick of the show. And remember, if you were on patreon.com slash kind of funny games, you could be watching us record the show live. You could get it with the post show we do. You could watch the X cast record live on Fridays. You could get the games cast whenever we record it. And it's not embargoed, <gasps> but also on patreon.com slash kind of funny games. You get the show ad free, but guess what, Jack, you're not there. So here's a word from our sponsors. Shout out to Athletic Greens for sponsoring this episode. I started taking AG1 because I'm not a big pill guy. I don't want to spend a lot of time on extra things, but I wanted to make sure that I was taking care of my health. Now, I've been using it the last couple months, and I love it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy. It has a fun tropical taste that I actually look forward to in the morning. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focused, and aging. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash kindoffunny. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash kindoffunny to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance athleticgreens.com slash kind of funny shout out to express vpn for sponsoring this episode when you use the bathroom you always close the door behind you right well you don't want random passerbyers looking in on you so why would you let people look in on you when you go online your internet service provider knows every single website you visit expressvpn puts a stop to this it creates a secure encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet so that your online activity can't be seen by anyone i use expressvpn on all my devices whether it's my phone my desktop uh all everything anytime i'm using the internet just because i am trying to stay as safe as possible the best part is using expressvpn is as easy as closing the bathroom door you just fire up the app you click one button and you're protected. It is so easy. It's the biggest button in the world. One click, you're done. So if you're like me and believe your online activity is your business, secure yourself today by visiting expressvpn.com slash kind of funny. You can use our link, expressvpn.com slash kind of funny, and you can get an extra three months free. That's expressvpn.com slash kind of funny. 
This episode is brought to you by Me Undies. Are people still trying to make plans with you this summer as if you aren't booked and busy already? But thankfully, Me Undies wants to help make this summer the most comfortable one you will never forget because when you're living your best life, the last thing you want to worry about is butt sweat. And I know that from experience, but you know what? Me Undies has always been there to help me. I'm always wearing my Me Undies shirts, my lounge pants, my lounge shorts, my Undies themselves, the socks. I'm a Me Undies fanboy. Wouldn't have it any other way. I just absolutely love the socks soft micromodal fabric. Find your ultimate summer comfort in sizes extra small all the way up to 4XL. MeUndies has a great offer for all of you out there. For any first-time purchasers, you can get 15% off. For a limited time, if you sign up for the free to join MeUndies membership, you get 25% off your first membership item. To get 50% off your order, 25% off your first membership item, and 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash kindoffunny. That's MeUndies.com slash kind of funny and we're back my wife wanted a green tea we've ordered it don't worry uh it's time for this week in playstation where we go through the biggest headlines and talk about them all right uh this one's a breaking one from today jan and jonathan very excited number one playstation stars program we read from the playstation blog playstation stars will be free to join when it launches later this year once you become a member you'll earn rewards by completing a variety of campaigns and activities our monthly check-in campaign simply requires you to play any game to receive a reward while other campaigns require you to win tournaments earn specific trophies or even be the first player to platinum a blockbuster title in your local time zone all PlayStation Stars members will have opportunities to earn loyalty points. Points can be redeemed in a catalog that may include PSN wallet funds and select PlayStation Store products. As an additional benefit, PlayStation Plus members enrolled in PlayStation Stars automatically earn points for purchases on the PlayStation Store. Also, as part of PlayStation Stars, we are unveiling a new type of reward called Digital Collectibles. I want you both to know how fucking tightly my asshole clenched when i read this this morning i'm like oh no i was so is it about to be an nft oh my god no it's not i immediately Uh, went to playstation home in my mind i wish i mean i I pictured i literally pictured like playstation home crossed with like ash you know an astrobot when you get the little collectibles and he has them in his little room Mm -hmm. that's what i pictured no articles that are like confirmed not nft and i was like Oh yeah, that would make more sense than what I pictured. Before I saw those articles, the world goes. yeah, I, I immediately was like, "Oh, I'm gonna choose which version of Astro I like. This one has a slightly differently colored arm or something, and then I'm gonna have to trade it for fifty bucks to someone else." I was very yeah, worried to feed my yeah. family. <laughs> Back to his art. Uh, collectibles are as diverse as our portfolio of products and franchises. Mm, they are digital representations. That's diverse, Janet. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, they are uh, digital representations of things that PlayStation fans enjoy, including figurines of beloved and iconic characters from games and other forms of entertainment, as well as cherished devices that tap into sony's history of innovation this is the most hey remember playstation vita's near app where everybody's like what the <laughs> fuck is this why am i getting songs from super stardust where do they why live not? what like what am i gonna is there a shelf that's gonna be on my ps5 now that i look into right? and click on that's what i that's what i hope even though it'd be dumb kind of but like i don't know yeah I'll walk around and I'll look at my virtual shelf that'll be like what I have here, but like <laughs> things they gave me. I mean, like you said, Janet, though, like Astros is the perfect template for that. Like give yeah. me a room where I am Astro and all of my collectibles are on the wall and I can like. There will always be a new collectible to earn an ultra rare collectible to strive for or something surprising to collect just for fun. This is yes, the most nebulous 
Yeah. We don't fully know what we're doing yet, but we're excited to do something with it. Like, cause best case scenario. And then IMO, VR? VR would be cool. Ooh. VR would be cool for it, sure. But since they're doing it everywhere, is that I guess you're basically if we're and this is just me spitballing on what it would be is that you're basically uh bringing back themes and your playstation 5 has a shelf theme you can have where this kind of stuff goes up and is on like bulletin boards and you look at it that way because what'll probably happen is it'll be a stupid app that is on your playstation if you want to and you go to it twice and never go to it again like i don't know why i would be doing this janet i want to be able to go to my friend like think what if they made it like the animal the animal crossingification of the playstation dashboard right like i can go yeah. to your room greg and i can write you a little note or something on yeah. your playstation whiteboard like these are again is this really moving the needle on my playstation experience like this potentially virtual room with a virtual thing that i got for doing virtual things not really but like i'm just excited that we're getting something to because i was already doing this stuff anyway so i'm like okay sure like let's see what kind of fun might be had in my virtual room i don't know what they're giving me here actually so i don't i don't know about that part but discounts or something are cool yeah this is good fun. i like that uh oh i'm cl- closing out the article though uh we hope this new prog- uh, program uh brings to mind past gaming memories while making you excited for the future with playstation commemorating the gaming eras we created together charting new paths to explore and bringing players together for global celebrations this is just the beginning for playstation stars and the program will continue to evolve over time we're currently doing some early tests on the program before launching it later this year in phased regional rollouts Dornbush, are you excited to start getting some PlayStation stars? I mean, am I excited? Probably not. Am I okay with it? Yeah. I like on my Xbox, I check in on the digital rewards and I have, you know, if it says go collect these five achievements or get two achievements in this game, I'll go do that because it means points I can redeem on the store. I think like giving people that incentive when they have already given people such a methodology for collecting trophies, like that's so ingrained as a part of the PlayStation experience doing this to give you something practical out of it is good and if that means i can buy a game for a couple bucks cheaper that's awesome the digital collectibles thing like you said feels like putting the cart way before the horse like someone had was like in the c-suite said we need something like this and everyone else was like but we're not doing nfts so i guess this is the compromise and we'll figure it out as we go that's what it feels like right and it does, you know, as you brought up uh, so eloquently, it is them finally trying to catch up to Microsoft rewards or Xbox yeah. rewards. Like this does exist over there, right? Where earn points, this Xbox, earn points for what you already do on Xbox, then redeem your points on real rewards, play more, get rewarded. Yes, that's a great idea. And I'm way more, and to your point, like, yeah, it's awesome to think of the idea of like, you're doing these things, you're earning these points, you can redeem them on the store. If you're a PlayStation Plus member, everything you're purchasing, you're earning points for that you get to do it. Even on Nintendo, I'm always stoked when I go to the eShop and I go to buy yeah. something and I'm like, oh man, I got the coins enough for this. I can just buy it that way, rad. Well, and we also, I mean, with PlayStation, you used to, obviously they might still do it for PS4 games, but it, it can exist with PS5. If you got the Platinum Trophy, you'd usually get an email from a first party game of like, congrats, here's a wallpaper, or here's an avatar right. for you to use. That can exist now. And so they want to, I think it is important to continue to reward the most dedicated players. And this is just a smart, probably pretty cost effective way. Like they're not going to suddenly make it so you can earn $70 a week or something. Like they're going to make oh, of course. it a pittance, but, but it's going to be worth it to people. And I forget, and I know I, this is we how long I've been doing. We should see who can earn the most money when, when this comes out. Sure. Who can, it's a challenge to see who can <laughs> buy whatever. Or something, you know, like, I don't know. We make for free. Um, <laughs> no, it, it, you know, it is very much the matrix and the cycle repeats itself. I cannot remember. Was it PlayStation? 
was I think it was just PlayStation Rewards the last time Sony. they did this. I think Sony, Sony Rewards. Rewards. Sony Rewards yeah. yeah. Where they but remember because I it worked with PlayStation. You got the little avatars that said what level you were. I got a T-shirt because uh, I did whatever with trophy wise some shit like that. Like there's stuff going on. And seeing the trophy thing, of course, it talks about you know being the first to platinum a game in your region or yada yada yada. Uh, live on Patreon.com/slash Kind of Funny Games. Uh, Jose Sp- 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 Jose says, don't. <laughs> reviewers have a huge advantage of getting the platinum though i know trophies don't unlock for review copies but they have already played the game well that's incorrect actually trophies do unlock for uh playing the game ahead of time which means yeah there's a whole bunch of shit they probably haven't figured out that's totally broken this one to me the because we were talking about this at ign we were some people were like i have to platinum a game because i'm doing the guide so i'm gonna get it i mean devs play a like a launch copy of the game and we'll have a trophy before people just put it at like okay day minute zero the game launches at like people who don't have trophies but then they have to go into the back end and like whitelist or blacklist certain accounts it becomes this whole big issue yeah well the thing yeah, is how will you know you know what i mean like yeah. even if they they're like they can just tell us they're doing this and they're like it's flawed but how would you know that it was fl- like i don't know how they're going to follow up on that but yeah it seems yeah. a little bit Jose's last name is <laughs> god damn it i can say it in my head and i've said it a million times and i know this i i went Sepulveda? to school with somebody. Wow, Sepul- the the Illinois pronunciation is just Spopolveda. Nah, damn it. Spopolveda? Spopolveda. I'm, I'm, I'm totally every, You can see every gear in my head locking up right now. No, that's Banderas. That that's not right. Spopolveda. Yes, no, that's not it. It's Spopolveda, but I'm still getting it wrong. Damn, this is going to be a mind bender because I know this from. I think there was a street back home. But I could say back then. I can't say it now. Oh, it's a street in California. It's a street right now, says Jose. Mm-hmm. There you go. But then, so within those California streets, though, too, it's like, how do you say it's like, is it Los Feliz or Los Feliz? Mm. If you say in Spanish, it's Los Feliz. But if you read it with the English pronunciation, it's Los Feliz. And it's like, what's what do people call it here, though? In in New York, there's there's Houston Street. But you look at it and you're like, oh, it's Houston. But if you say Houston, you you get mocked endlessly like I did. Mm -hmm. When growing up, your PlayStation points. Did you see? Did you call it Mario or Mario? I think I said Mario. Yeah, really? That's, that's yeah. Big East Coast. That's big I East never Coast knew this rock. about yeah. you. I, I've changed. I've evolved. But I said that's what they you all got say. Better. You know, I've you heard it before. Right now. No, they don't yeah. all say it because the New Yorkers like to double down and say Mar- Mario. You know, it, it hurts my soul yeah. to listen to the giant podcast. Mario is only Canadian. And just talking about Mario all day. It, it's, it's why. Well, I would call him Mario Mario. The last name is pronounced differently. Oh mm. my gosh! Shut up, Thornbush. Jesus the uh, chaotic neutral approach now, of the pronunciation. Now, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. We had, we just had one of those moments where like you see it's Berenstein or Berenstein Bears, Berenstein Bears kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Ryan Poala Higgins in the chat says, no one at Kind of Funny has managed to get my name right yet. Oh. I thought Ryan Poala Higgins, we've been crushing this for like seven years. Now you're telling me we're saying it's wrong. What's, which part are we saying wrong? Paola. I like how you've read it. Paola. Ryan. Pa- oh, Paola. My, Ryan. That's Paola. a guess. Wow. Higgins. What, what were you saying before? Koala. Po, uh, Ryan like, Poala. Like koala. Like koala um, or like koala. my friend Poe. Poala. What if, what if Ryan's just saying this to like Fuck create this. chaos? Well, yeah. eventually we get, <laughs> you know we get I mean? into this whole situation though where it's like my name spelled Greg. And so, and so how do you say it? I'm like, well, I say it. Greek. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and like, well, no, I, I, you can't just make up a pronunciation. You got, you put the letters in there. No, W is have... pronounced as a V, he says. It's Polish. Oh, Povala. Oh, oh, Ryan Povala Higgins. Mm, yeah. Can I get some po- more Povalas in the chat? The two isn't enough. <laughs> um, 
that was a lot to unpack, but I'm excited for the PlayStation Awards. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, y'all already spoke to it, and we already spent far too long on this, but um, everyone else has some form of it, and while none of the forms are perfect, oh gosh, who's on that line? Is it Ryan? Do you have Ryan's number? I, I probably do. Hello? Kevin, are you still live right now? Yeah. All right, can they hear it? Can you, are, they, are you talking to the microphone right now? No. All right, no. you need to tell them at some point. You can do it right now if you want, live. Or like while I'm talking to you, you can explain that I'm talking to you because I'm doing a show too right now. We have uh, a, we have just I've never I can't believe this. You know Ryan uh, Poala Higgins. What? Who? You know Ryan Poala Higgins. He's a patron. He's always we talk about. He gets mentioned oh, as a yeah, producer yeah, all the time. Yeah. You don't pronounce his name Poala. No, not Poala. No, you do the W is a V, so it's Ryan Povala Higgins. Oh. I need Povala. you to spread this. Yeah, I, you, I I need you to go spread this from the top of the mountain. Okay. Okay, all right. So we've been pronouncing mispronouncing Ryan Povala. Povala. Yeah, po- Povala. Yeah, it's Polish. No, the W is a V. Povala. The W it makes a V sound. Yeah. Oh, look at that. All right, Learns go. Learns you every day. Go tell everybody. All right, thank you. All right. All right, bye. All right. Sorry. Sometimes the news breaks. You got to get Kevin on. You got to get Kevin on. This it. is why I have like a like a Starbucks name as well. I'm just J. Mm. Oh, that's good. That's smart. Yeah. I do that's just smart. John. Nice. Ryan says he should have kept Ryan Povala Higgins in the chat says should have kept my mouth shut. No, you shouldn't have. I want <laughs> nobody. Nobody. We are not making fun of you. Yeah. We, you have been supporting us for years. We want to make sure we're saying your fucking name right. <laughs> it is rough to do it over chat, though. And then at a certain point, the chatter does give up. And I always I feel when they give up, you know, you ever like, it's like, is this right? And they're like, don't worry Close about enough, it. I hate that. Yeah, I'm just going to no. close the tab. The, the one I don't like is a. Um, uh, Pargat uh, just did a, 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 a Patreon sponsorship for us, or pay, producer thing, and he got married. So he wanted he hit me up of like, hey, do you mind if it says to me is getting married on this date? And then later you say got married. I'm like, no, totally, but ma. And then I hit him up I'm like, is this am I pronouncing your name right? And he goes, that's how Americans pr- pronounce it. I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like, you know, you're right for your country. I'm like, ah, oh, god, all right, yeah, sorry, sorry, we tried. Registration points names um nathan choquette another name that did they didn't choquette needed to be taught to us uh says do you think playstation stars will be significant enough to rival microsoft for awards or will it just be a fun side thing for playstation players 100 percent enough to rival it um why can't this just be the trophies again right they did achievements first yeah but no one what do you say when you got all the achievements I, th- I, thousand, I, I got a thousand. But not always a thousand, though. Get isn't it, here, so, isn't it sometimes not a thousand as well? Yeah, sometimes, yeah. The, the point I is, like, I feel like, yes, exactly. I, I you know, um, and like when I get an achievement and I'm playing an Xbox game, I shout achievement and it sucks. It sucks. <laughs> I guess I how shout trophy hunter when I get a trophy on PlayStation. Do these things matter? Honestly, no. Is that really affecting the bottom line? No, probably not. But I do think that there can be um, at least like a cultural shift in, in what PlayStation players gravitate to. And I think if this is done well, this could be a big part of what the PlayStation experience is like and become a part of the identity in a bigger way than Microsoft, potentially, even if it's not as good or the same. Yeah, 
for me, I, it, you know, is it significant enough to rival my Microsoft? I go hard for these points, man. I have the Starbucks app. Like, I'm, I'm ready. Oh, I'm, a big I'm ready. Yeah. I know. I think about, you know, Jonathan, I think about you often when I'm at Starbucks because, like, <laughs> I always remember you buying everyone's coffees and being or like, see, I buy, I buy all the coffees. And then I, like, I, because we're getting reimbursed because we're getting reimbursed and it's group purchase. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, you want coffee? I'm like, sure. And then, you know, and everyone's, and I think about, like, it's such a, like, a capitalist dystopia of everyone's happy because everyone gets something that they wanted. Oh, exactly. um, and yeah, yeah, every <laughs> all time. I would buy everyone's mm -hmm. coffee every day with our stipend and because we'd have other foods and I would get hundreds of stars. Yeah, I was the king of Starbucks stars and I didn't pay for any of them. Here's the thing, Jordan, when you when you go to Starbucks and you're getting a fun drink, so not like a black mm -hmm. coffee or whatever, like a fun, sure. you're having a fun time. What's yes. your fun drink? Right. If you were to get a little uh -huh. treat, what's your little treat? Uh, it's a Trenta cold brew. Oh, yeah. that's, that's such a serious uh, treat. You know, no, I mean, treat. You're not it's because I've I've so weaned myself off any of the sugary drinks. Like honestly, just a frappuccino for me hits. Like a, a okay, good frappuccino no, same. with whipped cream and all that is is mm -hmm. enough for me these days. I used to get like the cookies and cream frappuccino with like wow. extra shots of syrup and all that stuff. Um, our NYU meal pass when I was in college let you go to a Starbucks and 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 spend mm -hmm. the money there. Total waste of it. But I would do that with all the frappuccinos. Dornbush, I've probably felt the benefits of you uh, buying coffee for us uh, during those times. But since I'm no longer at I, uh, at IGN, I'm going to yeah. have to let Perrin know. So you have to transfer those stars no. over to IGN as the corporate. No! Can you imagine no, don't tell him. how petty would that be? That'd be so funny. They're like, we don't even want the stars. We're just going to throw them in the carpet. <laughs> We're going to let them expire. And oh, you're no. going to have to watch. <laughs> I remember what a day of celebration it was at IGN when... Uh, I believe it was when, yeah, we got sold from Fox to Ziff. And Ziff was like, oh, yeah, we're not going to use, like, we had corporate cards at Fox. So you had an American Express bill that was just, like, outrageous, and you didn't benefit from it. You couldn't put anything on. Like, you couldn't get the rewards through it. And then it was like, no, well, now you'll use your own credit cards. And we were all, all then it was like a race of who yeah. was booking flights and who was doing whatever. Like, oh, I'll get you. I'll get you. I'll do whatever you need. What do you need? Like, you're just trying to get something for free. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Number two for this week in PlayStation. Uh, PlayStation Plus games catalog is ex expanding on June 19th. Uh, the game catalog lineup for PlayStation Plus extra and premium members will jump like this. <gasps> Stray on PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. Uh, Final Fantasy 7 Remake Integrate on PlayStation 5. Marvel's Avengers on PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. You'll get a bunch of Ubisoft classics, including the Ezio collection, which is Assassin's Creed 2, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, and Assassin's Creed's Revelations. Assassin's Creed uh, 4 Black Flag includes Freedom Cry, a standalone expansion, Assassin's Creed Unity, and Assassin's Creed Rogue remastered you'll also be getting saints row 4 re-elected on playstation 4 saints row get out of hell on playstation 4 spirit of the north enhanced edition playstation 5 ice age scratch nutty adventure on playstation 4 jumanji the video game on playstation 4 paw patrol on a roll playstation 4 ready set heroes on playstation 4 and then the classic catalog lineup for playstation plus premium members is adding no heroes a lot on psp and loco roco midnight carnival on psp jonathan i have not heard your thoughts in general on the new PlayStation Plus, but what does this do to them? I can't believe you didn't listen to Podcast Beyond immediately the second it dropped this week. My apologies, my apologies. Um, I think it continues to reinforce for me the idea that the extra tier is a good value, mm -hmm. uh, especially for new players to PlayStation. Um, I think it's not the most amazing or exciting update because it is really just one brand new game and a lot of older stuff, uh, Remake Integrate being, and, and Avengers the second closest to. Uh, but, Man, it still just makes me wonder what the premium tier is going to look like in uh, six months or even a year from now, even two or three months. You know, getting two PSP games only when we know 
how many PS1 classics, PS2 games, PS3 games exist out there for them to pull from, even just first party alone, and to not even have one or two more of those there to fill out that library makes me wonder what the plan is going to be for that tier going forward. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm right there with you of looking at this and you go, oh man, that's a great month for extra. And pre- it's not bad for premium, but again, are people using premium to its full advantage? Are you sitting there and playing like all of these classic games you can only get there? I feel like premium becomes similar to what you're talking about with Starbucks, right? A, a treat. Oh, this month I want to play something, so I'll pay a little bit more to go up, and then for three months I'll go down and never worry about it again, Jan. I feel like the Starbucks Frappuccino is way better than... Well, I don't know. Loco Roco Midnight Carnival might hit, honestly. I love Loco Roco, so I'm going to hit this upon, up okay, sure. and let you know. It's okay. They're different games, is the thing. Like They're completely different games. They're just both cute, and people like them. That's the only similarity. <laughs> That's it. That's all it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Circles, I guess, right? Like, pot, pot, yeah. I mean, yeah. circle people versus circle blob, you know? Um, yeah. There's a Venn yeah. diagram there to be had. Um, but yeah, like, the, catalog, the classics catalog, it's funny because I was thinking at first, you know, we got the three months, like, provided by PlayStation, and I'm like, I'm just going to extend it to a year. But now I'm wondering if I should actually wait till next year and then do, because, like, as time goes on, you know, the, the catalog is essentially going to grow. So it should yeah. be hopefully this is the and this is not to say the service is bad but hopefully this is the worst that it will be you know i'd love to look back like in going into 2023 and be like look how much cool stuff we got in the back end of 2022 and it's only progressing um i don't know if that'll be enough for me to be you know wanting to hit up the classic catalog on the regular but i do like loco roco so do, do, i mean i'm impressed isn't the right word but i do like what they're adding on july 19th obviously stray being day and date that's awesome that's incredible and and then integrate though being there i know that people did miss that and i i haven't gone back to play the dlc or i guess i only played the ps4 version this right so i have to go back and do that and avengers no jokes you know i won't even make my jokes about it or whatever but like they're adding stuff that i do things like oh cool like integrate is something i did miss like do i want to go and play it and i grant that i think i already have it but like you know if i was on the outside and stuff like that like it's cool that it's there. It's it's nice that they're doing this. I hope they continue to do this where it is, hey, we're making a big deal about what we're adding to the lineup. Hey, this is a real thing. You got to drive home the point that this is something that, you know, is ever growing and ever evolving. Yeah, I I think that needs to be there every month. I, I've said this a lot before, but like I hope knowing that we're not going to be getting in the near future any first party stuff day and date. I think they continue to need to find things like Stray that they can put up as day and date availability or things like that. Like they've got to show that appeal for this the service. But I agree, like Remake Integrated, it that game is beautiful. Like whether or not people, uh, you know, end up loving the rest of the game, it looks gorgeous on PS5. And that DLC, if you like the game, is really good. There's uh, an excellent mini game in it too that I got obsessed with. And yeah, to be able to like pop into Avengers to try the campaign, like I still hold that campaign story is very good. Um, if you want to go back to Assassin's Creed stuff, like I think there's enough here. It's good timing too. You know, last yes. night we finished yeah. uh, uh, Miss Marvel, and I was like, "Dang, do I want to go level up Kamala right now in Avengers?" And I was like, "I do, but I, I have work to do. I have things to review." So no. But <laughs> if you had never played Avengers and you're coming off Miss Marvel, being like, "That was awesome!" Like I totally recommend going through and jumping into the campaign. Third story for the week. Uh, this comes from VGC's Chris Scullion. Those delisted Metal Gear games could be coming back. Uh, Konami has stated that in, it is preparing to reinstate Metal Gear titles that had previously de- been delisted from digital stores. Today marks the 35th anniversary of the original Metal Gear, and the official Japanese Metal Gear Twitter account posted a tweet celebrating the occasion. However, 
awkwardly, fans still can't play many of the series entries on modern consoles due to them having been pulled from storefronts last year. Konami said on Wednesday the games would return soon. Quote, the Metal Gear series launched on the 13th of July 1987 celebrates its 35th anniversary today. We are preparing to resume the sale of titles that had been temporarily suspended, end quote. The statement likely specifically relates to Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3, which had to be removed from sale in November 2021 because, according to Konami, some of the real-life archive footage used in them had been licensed, and those licenses were now expired. Quote, we are, wor- we are currently working on renewing the licenses for select historical archive footage used in-game. Therefore, we have made the temporary decision to begin suspending the sale of Metal Gear Solid 2, Metal Gear Solid 3, and all products that include these games from digital storefronts globally starting November 8, 2021, a statement at the time read. We sincerely ask for your patience and understanding as we work towards making these products available for purchase once again. Uh, just a couple weeks ago, we did a PS I Love You about the future of Metal Gear. And of course, as we talked about uh, the PlayStation Plus Extra and Premium tiers, it was big news, of course, when uh, PlayStation now removed the Metal Gears and that you wouldn't be getting those here. Dornbush, are you holding your breath for anything cool or do you think it'll just be, all right, the games are up again digitally? I think just reinstating. Um, I, yeah, I'm not, I, I don't know. With Konami, I'm not going to hope for too much. Them doing sure. anything is a surprise these days. But uh, <laughs> I, I would like them to be up there for people again, personally for me, because I still need to revisit those or visit them for the first time. What? Uh, please don't hate me. But uh, you played Peace Walker, though, so you're fine then. I played some of it. Yeah, good. Okay, good. Some's better uh, than none, Janet. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. I didn't know. I really want to come back. I got to come back. You know? But yeah, with Konami these days, I think just getting them back on would be a big achievement for things these days. Uh, I I would love it to be more, though. It is such an obviously beloved franchise for so many people, even if they're not like, here's what the future of it is, to have them all on PS Plus uh, Extra or Premium, some combination of the two probably, because it makes no sense, uh, would be great. It would be wonderful to have for people. I hope so. And I hope they do something cool with it. Like, come on, Konami, just do something cool. Do something. Put them together. I think when the options are do something cool or do nothing, most people, a lot of people do nothing. So I'm going to lean on nothing. So, yeah, I mean, I'll cheer for the bare minimum, I guess, then at that point. Just be like happy if they come back so people can play them because that'd be nice. Uh, Number four is that rock block at Tilu I was talking about. Uh, We've already covered that, you know, Last of Us Part 1 remake isn't a cash grab, which I don't know about you guys. I never thought it was going to be. Even when we were like, oh man, they're doing, I never thought it was a cash grab. I just thought it was like, I hope, again, you do more than the bare minimum. I want Joel to climb under a car, Janet. That's all I want. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, the thing is, no one's going to ever talk about their work like, I, I, you know, and I hope that most people don't think about their work like that, um, especially because you really can't guarantee. I know some people think like, oh, it's obviously going to sell like a gazillion copies, and I'm sure it'll be very commercially successful, but you still have to invest time and energy into that, and that's time and energy you could be putting into something else that could potentially, like, if you play too much of that game, you're just going to get caught up in your own head. So, yeah, I mean, I of course, I believe that the people that worked on it see value in it beyond the fact that it sells, you know, a bunch of copies. So, yeah, I, think I don't the, know if Joel can crawl. Do you guys think Joel's going to crawl? I'm going to say no. No, I don't think he's going to crawl. Probably not. My expectations are pretty low nowadays. Um, I I think the cash grab like phrasing came from just like the volatility of this, the yeah. discussion around whether or not the seventy dollars. And, and that is. Yeah. I, I just think where that phrasing came from, I do very much think like seeing what the devs have talked about, not having seen it yet, but obviously they put a lot of work into this remake. And so I don't think, I think it is a very smart financial play. Absolutely. I think it, we can't pretend that this is clearly going to help capitalize on the TV show, help 
you know, bring the the original game up to standard if they continue to invest in The Last of Us as a franchise. Like, it makes sense from all those sides of things, but I also don't think that means Naughty Dog just, you know, skirted by and did something really quick and easy. I don't think they did that, but I think this came from that, the hostility around that discussion of price point. For sure. Yeah, it'll be interesting. You know, now we have not only the release date, as we've known for a while, we have the next part here that it's gone gold. Uh, Naughty Dog tweeted, thrilled to announce The Last of Us Part 1 has gone gold. Congratulations to the dogs and our partners at PlayStation who contributed their passion and talent to the growing world of The Last of Us. Which, again, you're like, yeah. And then it's like, wait, it's, it's July. It's going to be coming out in September. I mean, don't get me wrong, that's awesome. But it's like, usually we're cutting it closer than this. <laughs> usually the gold announcement comes a bit closer to release. Day. I would expect this to pop sometime in August, even though we're talking about the you know start of September. But all right, great. Now now we just wait for codes. Come on. Game's ready. Let's go. Let's see what it is. And that's what the other thing, too, of like, when do they start talking more about this game? Do they show more? Dornbush, I know Jan and I have talked this to death, but what's your prediction? Are we getting a state of play that will be a deep dive on this? Is it just going to be another trailer? And it's, it's the last of us. You know what it is. Yeah, I mean, every PlayStation first party game pretty much has gotten a state of play. And though this is a weird remake one, like Demon Souls got one. And so I don't see why this wouldn't, if that is the, the cadence they continue to. I think the big thing for them is like, they've shown the differences visually. Like we have the side-by-sides, we have the comparisons, they've released, released a bunch of awesome ones. I do think they need to show at least a little beforehand of what the ground up gameplay changes mean practically in the game because i can assume like we can all guess we've kind of you know joked about it or talked about it but we don't know what that means for like a level of it or for a shootout in in a level or even a puzzle for sure. like I, I think if they showed just a little of that that would be a, a, enough pre-launch but i do think this is also a game that they're putting out in september however it does in september doesn't matter as much as how how it does in the next year because the last of us is going to be that franchise that keeps coming back up for them and of course, it, they want uh, the big push for this, right? Is the fact that they want whoever watches The Last of Us on HBO to go to Walmart, buy a PlayStation 5, and say, oh, there's The Last of Us Part 1 and Part 2. I'll pick those up right there. Yep. Yeah. Like 100%. you with Miss Marvel, you know? Well, I mean, I already did it. That wasn't me. I'm saying there's Yeah, people. but like, we're like, I, now I want to dip into it. Like, that's, yeah. it's trying to create that cadence of, and then, you know, you go watch the Uncharted movie or something, the Gran Turismo movie or the show or whatever. Just tab over all PlayStation all the time. Uh, speaking of the HBO show, though, it looks like we have a release window. Uh, this is Brad Lang at Comic Book Resources. He writes, HBO's live adaptation, live action adaptation uh, of The Last of Us has a release window. Speaking to The Hollywood Reporter, HBO and HBO Max's chief content officer, uh, Casey Bloys, uh, revealed that fans of the beloved video game will need to wait a little longer for the show. According to the executive, The Last of Us will arrive closer to early 2023. Dornbush, what's your hype level for the show? I am pretty optimistic. Uh, I think the thing about this one that I think they're doing is that, especially knowing how much Neil has been involved, but also how much they have, like the the team and the people they've chosen for actually producing and writing and directing, I think they understand that they are adapting something for the television medium and understand the benefits and the differences between a game and a movie, you know, or yeah. a game and a TV show and, and whatnot. So I think, like, I am pretty hopeful, especially knowing how, beloved chernobyl was and and all the work done there obviously the hangover part three as well from uh craig madison's portfolio um but no like he he clearly really found and capitalized on something especially with hbo so like i i think it's going to be great i think for me the thing i'm most excited to see is what they do to actually fit the form of a tv show because i do think the last of us naturally lends itself to episodic chapter-based storytelling but how they do that in a tv show and how they expand upon that with the supporting cast is the thing i'm most excited to see 
Yeah, I can't wait. I, I keep saying I think this is going to be a success. I think this is going to be like the best video game adaptation we've gotten in terms of a live action thing. Because I just think, like you call out Neil, uh, Craig, the team they have on it, the way it looks, the cast, like it. You know, obviously we've been disappointed by a million things. So you can't say there's no way this will fail, but it definitely looks like a really interesting interpretation that I can't wait for. Yeah, Janet. Yeah, I'm gonna watch it because I haven't. See, I don't think I've used my HBO Max very much, so it uh, seems like an easy way to get some use out of it. It's I so know. Cool. It's a great There's good stuff. Did you know the Snyder Cut's on there? You can watch the Snyder Cut right now. There's a lot of things on there. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm I'm notoriously bad at keeping up with um, TV and film. Like I just I'm like I don't have time. I could be I don't know doing some doing some gaming stuff. Sure. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely gonna check this out. I'm I'm just curious as to what they're gonna do with it and what their approach will be, and hopefully it's good. We'll see soon enough. But for now, let's talk about PlayStation Picks for the week. This is, of course, where we're talking about what came out this week and what you should be looking at. Uh, the drop this week has two games on it. Number one was Escape Academy. Escape Academy is one of the first video games to authentically capture the time pressure and mind-bending action of escape rooms and transform them into immersive digital experiences. Uh, this title brings the teamwork, exploration, and intense scenarios of IRL escape rooms straight to consoles and PCs in this epic mystery featuring a prestigious school, relentless rivalries, and abundance of problem solving players can experience escape academy in single player or with friends in multiplayer local co-op mode as well as an online split screen multiplayer mode working together to achieve elite escapist status all without leaving the comfort of the living room it is available for 20 dollars on psn this week uh i reviewed it and i'll talk about it when i get to what i picked for playstation this week but to close out the other thing that is worth pointing out on the drop is mothman 1966 i'm sure you've all heard of this one no, you haven't? Oh, uh, Mothman 1966 is a pixel pulp. A pixel pulp. A visual novel featuring a fusion of exceptional writing and stunning illustration. Inspired by mid-20th century pulp fiction and 80s home computer graphics set amongst the strange occurrences of the Leonid meteor shower of 1966. This one's nine bucks on your PlayStation this week, and I haven't played it yet, but when I had seen this... I feel like months ago, uh, I immediately hit up uh, Game Codes to see who, who who else wanted to play it. Like this seems so up my alley. Like I can't wait to jump into this. If you're if you're an audio listener, imagine like basically like the oldest of old school video games. Almost like remember, and I'm trying to give you a dated reference for what a dated game genre used to be. But like at the start of Big, when he's playing that computer game, talking to the wizard about how to melt the ice or whatever. Like it looks like that kind of well, game. It's very uh, King's Quest vibes, like that. Yeah, game. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And so like. Not, but I don't have many fond memories of those games because those actually do predate me. Uh, but this looks fun. I like, uh, you know, supernatural stuff. Obviously, I'm I'm stoked to get my get my hands on this one and try it out. But that's not what I played this week. Like I said, and now we're gonna talk about what we picked for PlayStation this week. Uh, I picked Escape Academy. Uh, I played Escape Academy full disclosure on Steam because I reviewed it for kind of funny, and that's the only code they had. But highly recommend it. Can't recommend it enough. Uh, I gave it a four out of five on the kind of funny scale, indicating it's great. Our reviews up as a kind of funny games cast. You can catch the TikTok and all that stuff too. And I like how much the description I read, which obviously is the official one, talks about uh, the hey, you're going on. You're gonna be this. There's gonna be rivalries. You're in this school like. All of that is just set dressing for you to get into these escape rooms and try to figure out how to open that lock to get to the antidote to get this thing to solve the puzzle to do the poison. And they do such a great job of building 13 puzzles that are challenging but meant to be conquered. Uh, they aren't meant I, – I call out in my review, right, like this, this game made me feel smart whereas The Witness made me feel dumb of just not getting it. This is a game I've been that is just – to feel smart. <laughs> 
Uh, you know, right. <laughs> Few and far between things in this life are doing it for us, Janet. Uh, but this one is the, you know, once you learn the language of how Escape Academy works, I feel like you really get into the vibe of, oh, okay, like this is going to be a puzzle about colors or the, I, the, I need a numbered code here or where's the cipher to, to not only set up what this new language is, but what I need to do with this blank dial and keypad and stuff. Like I had a great time with Escape Academy. Uh, super stoked that this morning, uh, today as we record is their official launch day, they announced a DLC going into next year, which that's super rad. A couple different uh, updates for you to come back and keep playing, which again, I think speaks to, of course, it being 20 bucks. That's a good value. I think there's 13 puzzles here. I, I forget what it was now because i'm reviewing something else and i just beat it the other night but i want to say my game clock on escape academy was like six hours right and i think it's you know more or less given i think i think if you added up all the times of the puzzles i did it was a little over four hours but that's just tracking the best times not the times where i actually failed and ran out of time and had to redo something uh highly recommend it when blessing and i played it at summer game fest together in co-op mode that was great today i popped in uh mike and uh nick were streaming it on kind of funny i popped in to watch them struggle and have fun together and run through it's like it's super cool. And Janet, I think it would really play well, not only for you and I, uh, our gaming sensibilities, but for how you guys play games in your house. Whether yeah. you're just playing solo mode and had other people there be like, we'll do this or do that. And so, like, I have, I don't have it uh, right around me. I have a notebook filled with ciphers and notes and like this thing and that thing. Like, you need somebody, it's helpful to have somebody there who's doing that kind of stuff with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm excited to play this one. Um, I'll probably just play it with Isaiah. I know me and Blessing talks about maybe playing together as well, but I'm not sure if we're he actually always plays these kind of things doing that. We can't do yeah, it. He's always thing. with Yami. That's the thing. That's the problem. It's like, what's uh? We need like a second a game that Yami and Isaiah hate that we can both <laughs> play together. So like, probs not, but I'll. I think I'll play it with Isaiah. He was looking forward to it as well. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. I'm glad to hear that you like it because if you didn't like it, that means I wouldn't have liked it. Yeah, so and sure. now I have a chance to like it because you like it. So. Dormish, are you at all excited for Escape Academy? Uh, I love Janus Barometer there. Uh, no, for me, I like I had heard about the game and then kind of didn't really pay attention to it. And then yesterday on my Twitter feed, all I saw was you talking about how good this game was. And I did not expect it. You got to follow uh, more people. <laughs> I do. I only follow you. It's a problem. Um, but I, yeah, I'm actually really excited. I love the, I love puzzle games. I love the, the idea of solving that stuff either alone or, or together. I mean, like you were saying, my my girlfriend and I play games together all the time, whether it's switching off the controller or playing co-op or all that stuff. So this feels very perfect for our situation because we both love puzzles and just haven't been able to do a real escape room recently for reasons. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, it sounds really fun. Yeah. This could be the next Operation Tango. Oh, a PlayStation Plus game that Janet didn't claim. For what? That a I didn't PlayStation claim. Plus game that Janet didn't Plus. claim. No, I claimed that one. I played it. Oh, you it did? Dang. I'm sorry. Yeah. I was shot in the dark. I was shot in the dark. I thought I had yeah. you. I thought I had you. Sorry. My apologies. My apologies. Uh, Janet, what did you play this week on PlayStation? I finally finished Uncharted 4. I had my thief's end. I started this game, I think maybe even before. I think I was at the beginning of my career in the industry, which I've been in for like, I don't know, five years now, something like that. Um, slowly playing through all these games, Uncharted 1, Uncharted 2, Uncharted 3, and then everyone's like, okay, but Uncharted 4, though. And I was like, y'all may be leading me down a dark hallway, but I'm going to, you know, this is this is the ride that I want to take. And I finished it. I finished it. I don't know where to begin. Um, I, I definitely <laughs> liked you it like more it? than the other. That's the biggest thing. Did, like Did you like it? Yeah, I would say I liked it. I will say the reason that I think no one ever believes that I would like this game is because it's weighted by the baggage of games one through three for me, which sure. I did not like those games. I had moments of fun. And like when I first started Uncharted 1, to keep a long story short, I was like, this is 
a great, awesome time, you know? It definitely feels, you know, felt older at the time because I played sure. in the modern era. But I'm like, still having fun. We're swinging, we're hanging out, we're shooting, we're adventuring. And then it just went on and on and on. And, you know, again, great, some, some good set pieces, but I just, and then the supernatural thing they always threw in for one through three yeah. every single time. I was just like, over it, not into it, not approved by me, did not like it. Was like, nah, I'm good. Uncharted 4, I feel like actually finally delivers on the vision that was set forth with this franchise, which is marrying good storytelling, good writing with a good adventure. Um, I think, as I mentioned, yeah, this is like basically verbatim what I said last week, but the game's at its best when it's digging into the story, when we're talking to the characters, when we're having discussions, while we're solving puzzles. I think the puzzles were also better in this game. They still were very simple, but they were a little bit less obvious than they were in 1 through 3, where 1 through 3 was very much like, I think if I open my book, it'll tell me to turn this lever and it was like absolutely nothing i feel like i was not involved in them at all here i was a little more involved um still not hard but i also don't need them to be like mind-bending right it's a part of a larger thing um the set pieces in this game were great i don't think it uh even though i am not an uncharted 2 stan i don't think the train is worth that game like i'm i don't believe that there were not maybe not i think the height was probably still that um that car scene was pretty competitive i really like that yeah Yeah, the one that they showed off at e3 at the time That chase was phenomenal. Um, I loved how dramatic this game was. Again, I liked they didn't do the damn supernatural twist they always did with, oh, he's a Yeti who's somehow powerful, but he's a man, but he... Bro- he's got you know, blue sap made blue sense. Tree sap. Yeah. <laughs> the blue sap made God. sense in the two. And remember, the, the, of course, Uncharted 3 didn't have a supernatural two, twist. Uncharted 3 didn't have it. It was just in your head. And I know, and I know people will be like, oh, it's because Indiana Jones. You can't just write all your problems off on Indiana Jones, okay? You're not Indiana Jones. There's an Indiana Jones skin and there's a Nathan Drake skin in, in Fortnite you know different things but i like that it avoided those pitfalls i will say it and granted i dragged to play it but it did feel long it was a long game it's funny playing this game now i'm finally filling some of my naughty dog gaps where i'm like man this game is so long no wonder last of us 2 was three games you know i was like of course (laughs) like they were feeling these structures and these chapters um and then you know spoiler alert for the game if you still haven't played it I loved the ending a lot. I thought it was fantastic. I wasn't expecting it either. I went into this totally cold, didn't know anything about what would happen, who would live, who would die, who would break up or not. Spoilers, not a lot of dramatics have happened. Everyone turned out okay, which I was a little bummed by. I wanted my brother to die in this game. Sam, not my brother. I don't know who was playing with me. So badly. I was like, he's going to die, and that's going to be like the thief's end. Like a thief's end is like death. Like it only ends in like chaos, but it's like, oh, he's fine. And then and then I was like, oh, man, did they just like really leave all that treasure behind? I would have swam back for, I mean, it, I love the drama of this game. This game was so drama packed, um, and that was super fun to like watch unravel. Um, and then the end was like a super high res life is strange, which I'm like, like i love the tie-in with the crash thing and i was like oh i'm they brought me back to playing this cute thing for the credits and then i'm like oh no there's more game and it was like okay who is this part of their kid but we still know for sure this dog doesn't quite look right it looks a little bit like that ace combat dog but let's ignore that you know we're not going to talk about the dog we're gonna keep going and just seeing that all go through um which is really satisfying and fun. It had the nice wrap with the cabinet. I think it hit a lot of boxes that are a little cliche, but it executed in a way that felt earned and heartfelt. So I really love that ending. Uh, definitely feel like there could be a kajillion more Uncharted's based on how they ended it. I thought it was very conveniently, sure. you know, we closed the door, but we didn't lock it. You know, it's like, oh, maybe they go on another adventure. Maybe they are doing this. Maybe the daughter is doing something. Maybe something with Sully and Sam. So 
Um, yeah, that was that was my thief's end. I am gonna play Lost Legacy, but we are. Wow, she is gonna do it. Wow, we're gonna finally watch the movie because yes. I was saving the movie for sure. after finishing a chart four. So you really would have been lost if you hadn't seen. Mm -hmm. I would have no idea what, when he hung from that plane. I would have been like, well, what's going on? What is this? But is it this wouldn't have felt earned, you know. Um, but yeah, I still I still think some of the combat sequences are still not, you know, the, the gun sway and all that. I know you can change the settings, but like so, when it's not a set piece. It can get kind of repetitive and dry, and then if you like struggle, it's like super annoying. Keep going through it, but um, also Barrett, the thing you called out with a long sequence. When I was doing it, I'm like, I think this might be what Barrett was talking about. I it's don't know, the, and I'm scared. The it's not. Pirate ship graveyard. Yes, the pirate ship uh, graveyard yes. is very reminiscent of the last like third of Uncharted Two, where it's just like yes. fight after fight after fight, and you're just like, I, I'm. I feel like I'm doing mindless action for sake of mindless action, and there are some moments where it's just like ridiculously hard just because of uh, level design and some of the certain enemies that they put in there and stuff like that. Yeah, it's, it's like, like go, go, you got to run up on the guy with the rocket launcher, or you're gonna die. Now the I actually one, didn't have that part big I don't of a like challenge game, with it, but I, I I love that game. But that's the my one part, part came earlier, and it was like kind of a random sequence that I don't even think people would remember if I tried to explain it. Um, that part I can see the pain point. I actually did okay in that. Um, but that was rough because like for the heavier um, action stuff, I just did it because I'm better at it than my brother, even though I am actively not very good at it either. So I'm like, OK, time to put a team on my back. So I'm out here just like just, you know, driving us through the end of this game. My whole family is watching. It was very intense. But um, yeah, it's done. We did it. We finally saw the Bye. ending. It was very late at night when we finished it. Um, and I did feel the game. It was 2 a.m. when I finished and I felt the game hangover of like sitting mm. there on my dashboard and being like all right and then i was like time to install lost legacy but no i didn't do that yeah i'm gonna save that for later Bander but sn in the chat says uh if you don't love lost legacy you'll definitely dig uncharted fight for fortune <laughs> that's the, you know the 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 like what is it the uncharted uh golden abyss like that's the only one i'm not i'm not touching that any of that other stuff damn but I will it do come lost on legacy. you come this far i will do lost legacy and we will see is that the best because there are people that say that's the best uncharted game blessing, i don't know if blessing says that is that is there any uh, lost legacy? Yep, Dorno raised hand, too. raised hand. Yeah. Okay, so I will report back on that. I'm excited that it's not as long. Again, I think sure. there's a lot in a lot of these games, but yeah, it was some. It was, it was good times. It was it was good. I wish I didn't play one through three. If you're listening to this, you never play Uncharted. You're curious about it. <laughs> don't play one through three. Go straight to four. If Just you watch a recap video, so you understand four, who the characters are. I don't. You're yeah, I guess. yeah, yeah, you can. Or in the beginning, you're gonna be completely lost. Sam's gonna ask you what you've done in the last three games. You're gonna have no answer. I guess so. I guess so. Because also, and again, I know people are gonna get mad about this, but I don't think the stories in one through three are good like that. I don't think the spoiler for it would be a big deal. So yeah, I would watch a recap video. I'd go to four, play Lost Legacy. If you're so head over heels for those, you're like, I want to like really dig in then go back to one because I do think one through three kind of soured me on the franchise because I really didn't enjoy those, but I played them all because I wanted to go in order and they were all on one disc and everyone said that they were really good. So I kept going and going. I wish I went straight to four and then came back. So that's my advice for people on the outside looking in okay. at my circus tent. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan, what did you pick on PlayStation this week? Uh, also uncharted four no um i picked uh though it's going I, around i hear we we were in the midst of playing it. we took a break but i was having uh my girlfriend experience the series for the first time and we're in the middle of four so we need to get back to it so this is a good reminder um no this past week i've really dipped back into ali ali world uh, oh nice quite yeah a bit. um i i loved it when it first came out and it was just one of those things where it came out in february and then horizon came out and elden ring came out and everything else in march came out so i put it aside 
Um, but I loved the original couple games. I think this one, from like minute one when I saw it, was basically like if you take the color palette of Adventure Time sort of and marry it with the excellent gameplay that Roll7 does so well. Like I yeah. I am so head over heels in love with this game and so happy I've come back to it. And I wish more people would talk about it. I don't know if people just like don't want a 2D skateboarding game or what, but it is such a like tight precise well-playing game like the 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 gameplay the mechanics of it the levels are so fun to get into i think it is a gorgeous game to play uh it is something that is so chill and relaxing even when it gets tense like the the music around it the the vibe of it is so perfect um i'm like so happy i went back to it because it's instantly now one of my like top games for the year um it's it's just so cool i get like it can be a little tough for people but i do think with this one it is the most welcoming ollie ollie game like the originals if you didn't hit the button when you landed, failed, which sucks for a lot of people. Here, you, <laughs> if you hit the button when you land, it's a bonus. So, like, there's instantly already a, a, an easier way to get into it. I think it's just, like, they clearly have such a love for skateboarding as a a way of life. Like, it feels very almost... I kept it, uh, describing it as Adventure Time meets Rocket Power. <clears throat> and it's like you have this, like, beach town. It's weird. It's full of aliens and different creatures and all this stuff. But it's so fun. It's so cheerful. It's really exciting to to be able to get back to it. I, I wish more people had played it. I understand why not in February. So like if this is a downtime for people and you have any inkling of interest in it, I cannot recommend it enough. Dang. Yeah, same. I, I love that game. Uh, full disclosure, I did do a mock review of the game, um, but that isn't really me. I think it just means I reviewed it and didn't post it on the internet. <laughs> um, but and I, yeah, I loved it. I was very surprised because I, I did not like the original Ali Ali were Ali Ali game um, for that same reason it was still too difficult for me to grab onto but this yeah. one's so fun and so like chill and 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 playful I think it does a great job catering to the high and low abilities uh, in terms of memorizing those combos and there's just like some fun funky stuff in it like you can skateboard on a billboard carried by a giant bee like yeah, who doesn't want to do that you know what I mean like pick you... it up like I, I like that game so much I might um, go out and buy it and play it again because I didn't like i didn't keep the code that i got it was like a pre it's like a, it works differently when you do like consulting build, yeah. and stuff yeah it was yeah. a build so i didn't i don't have that game anymore and I, now that it's on playstation and everything i'm like i might just pick it up again and and try to do more of a completionist run because it's so fun the cosmetics are also very cool it's and yeah they like yeah. they they have such a like a love letter for skating like the one of their promotional materials was a like a like a mural on venice beach which is like a popular place to skate and i'm just like oh man i i just love that game and that's like my number three for the year actually dorno so yeah awesome. please yeah. play it <laughs> i never played it, it i never played it it's so good and they like they clearly get it i think they understood why people bounced off the other ollie ollies even though i like i love them i think they understand why people some people felt it was too much i think it's a more inviting game as a result like jenna said the customization is so fun uh they just released the first dlc pack called void riders which adds these like alien levels and so there's sort of like uh alien ufo beams coming down that you can use to get lift basically for jumps and be able to chain uh more moves together it's really fun and adds to the aesthetic of everything uh and like jenna said like you can just kind of go through and chill enjoy just going through a level enjoy the music enjoy the scenery or you can go and try to complete all six objectives per levels go against friends on the leaderboards go against like there's another mode where there's kind of daily or weekly uh challenges you can go for you can get really really into it or you can just skate around and have fun it, it really works in both modes see i've been i've been waiting for skate mm. I, mean, I feel like all the skates games that are coming are doing i'm like I'm, this sounds pretty good everything you just said sounds really good 
I think they're, they scratch different itches, even though they're both skating games. Like, I'm very excited to try skate for the first time with this like, new entry, because um, I'm into just skating. I mean, I roller skate, so I don't skateboard, but they're, they're similar it. concepts. You know, bearings, wheels, all the same same kind of gear. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited to check that out. But I think they do, they're different enough that I feel like you should check out Ali Ali World if you have an interest. And again, just fun stuff there. There's a challenge where it's like, pop the giant purple cap balloons. Or don't pop them, and you have to try to like figure out how to avoid that. Like, there's just fun. It it fe- what's so great about it is I think it exemplifies the beauty of video games, where there's always the well, if it, you can do it in real life, why not just do it in real life? And I love skating in real life, but what's great here is I can't get injured. One and two, I can do stuff that I could never do. Right, you're pulling off insane tricks with environments that are so specific to creating a feeling of like otherworldliness, even when it's grounded yeah. in something like a forest or a town. And there's such a beauty and mystique to that. And I think that's so brilliant in a game centered around the idea of Nirvana and like kind of skating, uh, finding like a skate utopia or a moment of harmony amongst the skate gods. Like it's just, they just snapped on it. It's real good. Yeah. It's a good yeah. game. There's there's a flow and an emotion that evokes that even like just a, a beautiful, like I think you nailed it, Janet. Like it creates this evocative sort of nature of, oh, I feel like I'm feeling something kind of in the way weirdly when I play Tetris effect and start to feel things. Like I feel that on a run in Ollie Ollie world sometimes. It's really good at that. Never forget the time that Dorno and I try to get a Tetris, a, a Tetris effect nominated for best story at IGN. Yeah. Yeah. We tried that hard. <laughs> How'd it go? I didn't. Well. It didn't work out. No, it didn't work out. <laughs> Not in 2018 uh, or whatever. Yeah, you weren't ready, yeah that you know? was 2018. <laughs> yep, against God of War and Red Dead 2. We didn't get it nominated for Best Story. You did your best, though, and I appreciate yeah. that. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of PS I Love You. XOXO, your PlayStation podcast that posts each and every Friday. Of course, if you wanted to get it somewhere other than YouTube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, podcast services around the globe, you go to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames and watch us record it every Thursday. Of course, you'd get the show ad-free. You could write in to be part of the show, and you'd get the post show we're about to do. That's always there on patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames waiting for you. But Dornbush, before we let go of uh, uh, everybody who's not coming to Patreon, where can people keep up with you? Uh, you can find me, of course, over on IGN. Uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at JM Dornbush. And if you want more PlayStation goodness in your life every week, of course, Podcast Beyond posts on Wednesdays uh, on podcast services and YouTube. Uh, and also just a shout out because Janet reminded me she was talking about the, the car chasing uh, Uncharted 4. Uh, one of the things that I've really been doing for the last year is a series called Art of the Level. Uh, which I've done a lot of PlayStation ones for, including one on that car chase scene. And we had some of the Naughty Dog devs come and, and talk to us about it and the creation of it and all that stuff. I have another one posting this Friday, so the same day uh, as this, uh, on another PlayStation exclusive. So yeah, if you want to hear more about how those games mm-hmm. got made, it's been a lot of fun to work on that series. That's awesome. I'm looking forward to seeing what that is. Oh, there it and, is. And Barrett is also pointing out, yeah, I should mention this one because Barrett's been on it a few times. Uh, Take Your Time is a show that my co- uh, worker, this is not an IGN related, but uh, my coworker Tom Marks and I do that has had Barrett Courtney on it several times. Uh, he is he is the third chair in spirit, uh, and we played through Persona Five Royal week by week along with the in-game calendar. So we played it in real time as it went on all last year. Uh, and so when it comes to uh, you know Xbox and Nintendo and and Steam, if you if you want to play it, listen along. That's awesome. Not the working with Barrett part, you know what I mean? What a drag, am I right, Janet? I like Barrett. God damn it, Janet. Barrett's the only one who really consistently is nice to me, even though I didn't finish um, uh, that one game. (laughs) God, you can't even remember the name of Psychonauts (laughs) 2. Why do you do this to me, Janet? 
I tried to send you to medieval times, Janet. I'm not nice to you, medieval times. That that honestly, that was like the saddest part about. I was like, and we also had plans to go to Hooters the day like we all like tested positive. So chat to not going to Hooters with COVID. But and then we wanted to go to Hooters again. We're like, okay, now we're probably gonna go to Hooters. We're all healed. And then Maggie hurt her ankle. So um, I don't know when I'm gonna go to Hooters. Hooters is my new Uncharted (laughs) Four. I don't know when I'm gonna finish it, but I'll get there. Ladies and gentlemen, until next time, it's been our pleasure (laughs) to serve you.